In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Psych! It's not James. Welcome back. Sam Bushman filling in for James Edwards. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. This is the broadcast, and I am not James Edwards. He's on vacation with his family, rushing back home as we speak. Next week, he will be in fine form as always, ready to kick off the TPCs, March Around the World Month. Incredible guests all around the world, all talking about the issues that matter most to we, the people, ladies and gentlemen. I have got three hours of fantastic radio for you, ladies and gentlemen, not because of me. I'll just try to hold down the fort for James, and hopefully I'm an adequate substitute for the time being, but because of who we have coming up. I'm telling you right now, we have a former congressman in seconds. That's the first hour. Incredible topics. Second hour, we have Sam Bushman, Sam Dixon, Keith Alexander. Third hour, a couple of guests Keith is going to bring to the table, some surprise guests. So we'll do it all. We've got a fun-filled three hours. And man, believe it or not, spring is starting to, what is it? Sprung is starting to spring? How did that go? Uh, anyway, um, all I can tell you is in Utah, it's snow all over the ground. Super beautiful, sunny day, though. So think about 40 degrees, snow all over the ground, but yet you don't want a coat. You just want a sweatshirt. It's so nice outside. So spring is a coming, and it's even more so in the south. Speaking of spring springing, how about in the great state of Texas? We've got Steve Stockman, former congressman from the great state of Texas. Interestingly enough, he was literally elected twice, two different districts, time in between. So it wasn't an incumbent's hard to get rid of or anything like that. The people loved Steve and wanted him back. Proof was in the pudding, two groundswell wins. It was incredible. He took on the establishment. They hated him because he stood for the Constitution. He stood for God, family, and country. And, uh, yes, they rallied him out of office. They literally betrayed him, in my humble opinion, to which I'm entitled but he stands tall still today. Steve, welcome to the political cesspool, sir. Well, thank you so much. Great great hearing from you, and great to be uh, with you here tonight. Give people a little bit of history of your two runs. They're incredible. Yeah, and there was a period it set apart, and people want to know why I uh, stepped back from politics, but my mom died right after I was elected the first time, and I made a commitment if my dad got ill, I'd take care of him, so... Uh, soon after I was out of office, my dad got Alzheimer's, and my wife and I took care of him. And then when he passed away, we decided to run again, which, believe it or not, was 20 years apart. So in my time, I saw the difference in change in Congress. And frankly, it was quite 
uh, Sam is pretty dramatic change in a lot of different ways, but, um, and not good by the way. And I, I, um, felt the calling because I was frustrated that time Obama was in office and none of the Republicans I felt were speaking up against Obama. And, um, a friend of mine, Dana Robacher, suggested I'd run again, and I had 11 opponents. But because of our, our message, we end up being victorious. In fact, the first time I ran, I defeated the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the district. that had six Democrats for one Republican. The second time I ran, I, I defeated Texas Senator, who was the dean of the Senate, and um, also a multimillionaire. But by the grace of God and, and really the commitment to conservatives, and Christians, they turned out, and we were victorious in that race, too. So twice have been blessed, not so much by who I am, but by grace of God, and also by the, the message we carried and the, and the really great conservatives that brought me to victory. I want to talk about the message, because it's been consistent the whole time. That's what you can expect from uh, true uh, patriots like Steve. But I want to focus before the, we discuss your message a little bit. I want to focus on this point that you made. There was a substantial difference, a change in Congress, not for the good. Talk about that more, will you, Steve? It was very frustrating. The first time I was there, we I fought against uh, China had to get uh, revalidated that they weren't performing human rights. And we had Republicans that were part of big corporate America and then Democrats pushing for them to have full access to our markets. And now uh, we see China, just as I predicted, in fact, I did a live broadcast from the floor of the House begging people to call their congressman, and I predicted that one day we would regret it and they would be coming after us, and that's exactly what happened. But I noticed in 1994 when the Republicans started with the House, we had a very uh, diverse group of people, not politicians, and the first thing we did, we set up a prayer room. If you're sitting in the speaker chair and you look straight up, that's where it used to be where the Democrats had a wild parties and smoking and drinking and stuff. And then we uh, demanded that they turn into a prayer room. And while I was there, uh, that's where we went to uh, coalesce a lot of times before we took a vote. When I got back there, the rules changed dramatically. Uh, people that, you know, the Republicans took over in 94. Well, it went uh, was sworn in 95, but they, they, they made a commitment to cut government and, and, what I came back to is it seems like we became what we criticized the Democrats for. And, and John Boehner, I think at that time really led um, a, a gutless, you know, get along and, um, you know, big business and everything that I ran against uh, we had become. And I was so uh, gravely grieved by seeing that. And you didn't really realize it until you got there, huh? No. I mean, cause you, you know, it's like the frog, you know, you sit in there and you get gradually uh, the change. If you're there, you, you don't realize it. But if you're separated, the, the two times like I was 20 years apart, that you notice to the difference. And some of my friends who were there the whole 20 years, it's kind of funny. I saw one of my friends who got elected with this and I said, oh, you, you got gray. And he goes, yeah, and you got fat. <laughs> yeah, thanks so a lot, buddy. Rough up. <laughs> it was like time was rough on both of us. But, uh, well, let's talk it, about it, that 20 years for ahead. a second, because I do believe that the Republicans are just 20 years behind the Democrats. Instead of standing for something, it seems like they just basically cave on everything, and they're in the middle of the road getting hit by traffic going both directions, Steve. Let me give you an example to highlight the point and let you run with this. 
Uh, you know, back in the day with the gay and lesbian agenda, it was, hey, the Democrats wanted don't ask, don't tell. So they wanted to promote the gays, uh, but not overtly or in your face. They just wanted to um, open the door. And the Republicans said, oh, no, we can never have that. That's horrible. And I agree. Uh, we can't promote the gay and lesbian agenda. It's, got, it's a godless agenda, and we need to, to do our best to stand against it. I'm not afraid to say that. However, after Don't, don't Ask, Don't Tell passed, and the Republicans were so chagrined at the time, later then when they said, hey, let's openly promote being gay in the military, uh, the Democrats promoted that, and the Republicans are like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. we got to stick with the Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That's great. Well, that was really, believe it or not, about a 20-year span where they then yeah. held the line at the Democrats' first line 20 years before they said they wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Isn't, doesn't that quintessentially point out what you're saying? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the Democrats say, let's burn Washington. Democrat, uh, Republicans say, no, no, let's just burn part of it. <laughs> I mean – uh, we, I was one of the co-authors, which, by the way, as many of your listeners know, I was in prison for going after uh, Obama. But uh, the, the fact is, is that uh, I was on the bill called Defense of Marriage Act. Hang tight, Steve Stockman. We'll talk about it in right. seconds on the political cesspool. Sam Bushman filling in for James Edwards with former congressman, double-time elected Steve Stockman on your radio. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, back with you live. Sam Bushman sitting in for James Edwards, former Congressman Steve Stockman, giving us an update and a reality check on his two elected terms to Congress 20 years apart. And boy, was there a seat change that shocked 
Steve. The critters that were in Congress the whole time didn't really recognize the change because the idea of the frog boiling doesn't realize it. But uh, nevertheless, uh, when you went there, you fought against um, the gay and lesbian agenda, and you stood for the Defense of Marriage Act, which uh, at the time was a real stand for God-ordained traditional marriage. Right, Steve? Yeah, and in fact, ironically, as I was mentioning, uh, the Obamas and the um, White House went after me, like they're doing now to so many others, but I was kind of the tip of the spear. And what, and uh, Jack Smith, who's prosecuting Trump right now, is the one that went after me and several other conservative Christians. And uh, what, when that happened, I when I went to prison, the, the administrator and some other people knew I was for a Defense of Marriage Act, and I, and I was treated much worse. There was no white privilege whatsoever. So there was a real battle going on. But unfortunately, I feel many in the Republican Party have just capitulated and no longer um, support traditional marriage. What a disgrace that is, ladies and gentlemen, because look, you know what? God-ordained traditional marriage and the traditional God-ordained family is one of the blessings of America is great because America is good. Good meaning moral. Uh, and if America loses that goodness, that moral high ground, America will cease to be great, De Tocqueville highlighted. And, wow, Steve's pointing that out between his two runs uh, for Congress. Um, it's really a concern because you went to prison not over this at all, not over your stances at all, uh, but they found a way to try to take you down based on literally game playing. It took them multiple times to convict you. Uh, the double jeopardy should have protected you from this uh, dereliction of duty or belligerence on their part. Uh, but they never, they went after it over and over and over until they got people to basically betray you, turn against you, uh, to kick you out, right? Yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm watching the same techniques used against Pierre Navarro, against uh, James O'Keefe, and now Tom Fenton. All these people are being prosecuted because they're being persecuted. And when I cried uh, almost 10 years ago that our Justice Department, in fact, I introduced a bill, we're drawing a bill, uh, abolish the FBI because people don't understand the FBI is not the FBI of your, they went in and they decided that they were going to uh, have, uh, you know, this equity hiring. So they literally hired people out of what's called the soft science. That means women's studies. That means all the radical left studies and the FBI agents are not uh, the same quality or even the same belief. So you, you have, for instance, the one that went after me, she was, uh, born and raised in India, uh, she was part of her degree was like women's studies, and she uh, belonged to the Democrat Socialists. And I know that because I looked her up on the Facebook page. She still had it up, which I was kind of surprised at. So you have a different dynamic. It's basically like having people that are far left, like the NPR people running the FBI. So that's where you end up with a, a guy praying in front of an abortion clinic getting arrested and raided his house like he was, uh, you know, a, a horrible drug dealer. And and by the way, one of the things that people aren't aware of was January 6th, uh, a Biden uh, stopped all uh, investigation of pedophilia and, or, and pulled people off those investigations so that they could go after uh, conservatives. It's quite alarming. We have, at every level of government, total corruption through this diver so-called diversity. It's really not diversity. It's one thought but uh, of uh, people that believe uh, antithetical to every one of your listeners that are listening to this show, and they should be very alarmed. 
former Congressman Steve King a casualty of this same strategy, right? Yeah, and it's ironic you say that. I don't know if Steve would remember it, but on the House floor, when they were going after me, and Dana Robacher and myself went to Steve King and said, Steve, they're politicizing the, the Justice Department. And Steve couldn't believe it. And I said, it's just a matter of time. I told Steve, you know, after he did the interview, I, I got offered to go on many liberal shows and I got offered to go on, uh, I mean, uh, New York Times, um, I'm trying to think all the different Comedy Central shows with Jon Stewart. And I said no, because I knew and a lot of people go ahead and do it, but they set Steve up. But if you look at what happened, he did an interview with the New York Times and they twisted his words. Just as we had uh, somebody twisting the words uh, of the governor of Florida, uh, Andrea Mitchell said, oh, so you're against blacks knowing their history, which is an outright lie. So uh, they they don't have any compunction about lying or deceitful, but, you know, all things that are wicked and deceitful are not from God. Yeah, they've been lying about me big time since I've taken over as the CEO of the CSPOA. The Southern Poverty Law Center has been... Uh, relentlessly attacking you're, you're, me. You're, you're, you're a racist. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I right. I, I can't even see what color you are, but by golly, I'm as racist as they get there. You know. And well, you know, you know they're going after, yeah, they're going after also a guy named Philip Zodiades. I don't know if you know him, but his dad was a great theologian. And yes, Philip Philip's was a great largest, guy too. Yeah, well, they're, they're suing him now, uh, and, and they're trying to defeat him because he was one of the largest mailers, as you know, his direct mail guy. And he was mailing stuff against Obama. So anybody that's of any significance, you should be proud that you're being targeted because that means you're somebody. Now. He was a, Philip was a big pro-life guy too, right? And protecting oh, yeah. people from child abuse and all so. kind of stuff. Oh yeah, and amazing his treatment. He got charged with kidnapping. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you know what? Though his stance, even when going to to prison and everything else, and standing for God and the work that he's done everywhere he's gone is just incredible. Yeah, you know what I want to do? I want to get a T-shirt. You and I, Sam, and everybody else can wear it. You can say we 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 were targeted by the FBI before it was popular. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. And the FBI is flat out a criminal organization. We all know that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but Steve, where is where does your case sit then? Are they are they going to try to put you back in jail? I know that because uh, of COVID or whatever, you got to go home. Uh, how does it all stand? No, actually, no, actually, it was the president uh, Trump commuted my sentence. I was supposed to go home because of COVID. In fact, uh, because of you and others that were praying and my wife demonstrating uh, out in front of the prison, also went on TV, uh, and Richard Vigory saw notice. I had COVID real bad in prison, and they refused to take me to get medical treatment. I had double pneumonia, and even to this day, the COVID has caused great damage to my heart, and I've had several heart procedures, in, including I just had a pacemaker put in about uh, five weeks ago. So I still have ramifications from their persecuting me, but it's nothing like what many soldiers get much worse than what I went through. But um, it, it really, uh, I was thankful. It was two days before Christmas or three days before Christmas that my sentence was commuted. And they at first told me they were going to throw me in the shoe, which is solitary confinement for Christmas. So they were cruel in a lot of different ways. And um, I, that's one reason why they said Jeffrey Epstein was committed suicide I, from my own personal experience. The, the DOJ and the Bureau of Prisons are so thoroughly corrupt. I just don't believe that at all. 
All right, so you got uh, basically committed by Donald Trump. Then are they going to try to do anything, or are you just free now? Yeah, no, they're still going after me. I'm still on what, what, what he did. He commuted the sentence. He did not uh, was not pardoned. People get confused, and that means I'm still under government authority. So I have been not. Um, they're anxious to. There's a long story I can't go into, but they were trying to tie me to the financier of, of Trump's, and and um, thankfully I had two lawyers. That usually the lawyers I've interacted with have been horrible, but these two guys are great. And they also work, the same lawyers that are working on J6, and they also work with Gateway Pundit. And um, they were successful in keeping me from get, basically entrapping myself and being sent back to prison. And if you look, all, a lot of the people that were pardoned by Trump, they're still going after. In fact, Jesse Benton, uh, they went after him. He was Ron Paul's son-in-law, and he's he's going back and to prison. And a huge campaign for, finance guy for uh, Ron also, right? And let me tell you something. What he, they convicted them happens every day with the Democrat Party. It's it's absurd. They're using this. Uh, they also try to use this on uh, several other people, where they're charging with Foreign Corruption Act, where where you're a lobbyist, you know, for a government. And they, it's like you have dinner with someone from another country, and they go, "Oh, you're you're lobbying for them. Therefore, you, you know." He took money. The guy wanted to go to the the inaugural balls, and he took money from a, a foreign guy and, and, and bought a ticket to the inaugural ball, and they're giving him 18 months in prison for that. Well, I can assure you that if you, you got guys in Congress who are sleeping with Chinese women spies and nothing happens. It is, the double standard is so horrific, and yet you go through the whole list of conservatives and you, one after another. In fact, I think the reason James O'Keefe is running into his board is because the board is probably getting pressured by the FBI to do it, and they're threatening the members of the board. That's my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think he picked well. some he bad board members that have betrayed him for sure. And uh, James O'Keefe, though, is going to rise again. You watch. He'll get donors. All the donors are with him, uh, and he's going to start a new organization. I don't know what he's going to do next, but trust you me, the board will lose this one. We the people will stand together, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, if we're on God's, God's side, we win in the end. Never forget that. Steve Stockman, Sam Bushman filling in for James Edwards. Back in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Dave Collins. Federal officials investigating the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, say what happened was 100% preventable. NTSB Chair Jennifer Homedy detailed how a wheel bearing on one of the train cars overheated and failed. The critical threshold per Norfolk Southern is above 200 degrees ambient, with a temperature of 253 degrees That's critical. She said there's no evidence so far train crews did anything wrong or there were track defects. The agency is still in the fact-finding phase of the investigation, and there are still a lot of unanswered questions. Parts of the Los Angeles area were under a blizzard warning for most of the day. The National Weather Service says heavy snow and gusty winds in the Ventura County and Los Angeles County mountains is likely to cause whiteout conditions in the higher elevations. Forecasters say snowfall totals could reach five feet in parts of the region, making travel impossible. 
Two people are dead. Eleven others are injured after bicyclists were hit by a pickup truck in Arizona. Happened just west of Phoenix. Goodyear Police Spokesperson Lisa Berry. What we have here is a very large group of uh, bicyclists who were riding um, over the bridge and ultimately uh, were hit by a vehicle. One person died at the scene while another passed away at the hospital. The driver stayed at the scene and is cooperating. The long-running comic strip, Dilbert, is being dropped from multiple newspapers following racist comments by creator Scott Adams. Adams said black Americans were a hate group, said white people should get away from them in a YouTube video earlier this week. Publications under the USA Today and advanced local networks decided to drop the comic, which has been in publication for almost 35 years. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman sitting in for James Edwards, who's vacationing. He will be back next week, ladies and gentlemen, to kick off the TPC's March Around the World Month. Get ready for that. He's got incredible surprises coming up, so stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, I've got former Congressman Steve Stockman, one of the greatest congressmen to ever live from the great state of Texas, who literally stood for what he believed in both times in Congress, 20 years apart, chagrined at the shame of the Republicans going down the same road as the Democrats. Not a dime of difference between the two nowadays. As Pat Buchanan wisely said, the left and right wings of the same bird of prey. No doubt about it. But Steve uh, literally talking about, uh, hey, they're going after us all. Steve King, others, now they're attacking me relentlessly. Uh, They're using the same playbook. And the liberals always work together. We, the conservatives, don't seem to want to work together. But if we would, we could beat them. Um, And that's really one of the biggest keys Steve brings to the table Hopefully, though, they won't uh, be able to get you back in prison, and hopefully you can continue helping us with the fight, Steve, regardless uh, of the health troubles that you've had. We'll, we'll be praying for you on that, too. Well, they, they kept, by the way, when I was in prison, they kept moving me because I kept organizing the prisoners. <laughs> so we need to organize the conservatives. You're so spot on. Uh, I, I'm sick, and I wish some of the conservatives and prominent names, which I could name, but they asked me not to go ahead. I'm not afraid to name them. Go ahead. No, no, I, uh, well, <laughs> you, I'll tell you privately and then you can decide. I, I don't know. I committed not to say anything, but I was furious. There's two congressmen I can think that were going through persecution at the same time I did. And I begged them to come public 
and and they were too fearful. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's something wrong if you're if you're in Congress and you're fearful of your government, then we have a bad government. You know, the government is supposed to be working for us, not the other way around. Yeah, and I would change reasons, bad. I would change your word bad to evil criminal government, but I'm with you. Yeah, well, what? Yeah, but that's that's why they went after me. I think I was one of the first ones that they. Well, they did some other ones a little bit earlier, but I was the most blatant one they went after. And um, people are always surprised. They go, "We didn't hear about your case." That's because attorneys give you bad advice. Which, if you actually, if you follow the left and what they do, that's the best advice. Republican attorneys always say, be quiet, don't say anything, which is the exact opposite we should do. If you call uh, these these, uh, these attorneys at the DOJ that were so corrupt, uh, they went out and did book tours and got money for it, and now they're suing Trump. I mean, and he, they were totally corrupt, and it's just amazing to me. But the lawyer that's really at the DOJ is it's really horrendous and very evil. His name is Jack Smith. And um, various people have called him super evil and liar and all that, including uh, 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 Rick Grinnell and um, uh, Donald Trump and many others. He has a long history. His wife worked with Michelle Obama. He's given money to Obama, and yet he says he's independent. He is not independent. He has no scruples. And they always use him to go after lead conservatives and and uh, very, very uh, vicious and addictive guy. And Jack Smith went after you, and now he's going after the Donald, huh? Yeah, and he he also went after our good friend, Senator John Woods, who unfortunately is in prison for 18 years. And he did the horrible thing of getting money for a Christian college. Yeah, he was an Arkansas state senator, so our listeners know. Yeah, exactly. The only one one that endorsed Trump, and of course, as you know, Hillary at one time was claiming Arkansas. First it was Chicago, Arkansas, and New York, she claimed. And when she got in office and then was running for president, she was outraged that he endorsed Trump. And so she unleashed uh, Jack Smith on on, um, on Senator John uh, Woods. And Woods, to this day, is still in prison. I would encourage the listeners to get information about him. If you Google his name, you can see. And then, in, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the FBI agent in that case admitted he destroyed evidence to keep john in prison yeah and he literally got it. caught doing that yes he, and then he gets sentenced he gets slapped in the wrist and john's still in prison now it's your website has more information on this at defendapatriot.com right exactly and there's is it and there's, com? There, they, yes defendapatriot.com they ahead, stole sir. they just deleted 600 megabytes of evidence and they said well that can't we can't really say this is horrible it is it is uh, not our American justice system that our forefathers planned on. It, this is not fair. This is, you know, I, I'm astounded that they're having him in prison. But uh, if you can pray for him, go to Defend a Patriot, make a donation to his uh, account. He has a uh, what we have commissary accounts, and Patty used to do it for me all the time. And it was really good. people don't realize prison can be really rough, and uh, they they think oh we're putting special. Uh, you know, units where it's like a country club. That is far from the truth. In fact, we get well. That's only liberals that get those. Exactly. That's actually true. But conservative Christians get treated really bad. In fact, I was denied church uh, during the whole COVID thing. I was denied everything. I was kept in the cell twenty four seven, not even let out for exercise. All right, I want to talk about Donald Trump a little bit. Two things. Number one, Donald. Well, several things. Number one, Donald Trump is running in twenty twenty four. 
Uh, in my opinion, Donald has made some massive missteps, which we'll get into in just a second. Uh, but Donald Trump, uh, uh, I guess now the grand jury and all that uh, from Georgia, this bimbo lady, in my opinion, speaking out, saying, hey, yeah, there's going to be some indictments, but I won't say who or what or how. Uh, many people are saying she's poisoning the well for the court case. Nevertheless, uh, do you think Donald Trump is going to go to prison? Do you think this uh, clown attorney uh, that's very evil is going to be able to go after Trump successfully? Or what do you think is going to happen with that? Well, I think Jack Smith is going to, in my case, he, uh, you know, he had four grand juries, or in my case, we had four grand juries. He subpoenaed even a mechanic that worked on my car 10 years prior. They claim that uh, credit card statements, which were issued uh, before the donation, should be included in the trial. The the thing is, is if he wants to indict somebody, he'll indict them. Now, Trump, you know, has more money than I had. You and I are like poor church church mouse, right? We didn't have money. I didn't have money. And I couldn't successfully fight it. Um, there's a book out called Cardiac Arrest, and the guy defeated the DOJ, but he spent $22 million. And that's the kind of money you got to have. And John Stossel also comments on that. He said that if they want you, they will get you regardless. And then, as you know, Cindy Powell wrote, License the lie, and she documented. Book, by the way, just had her on the other day. She's fantastic. I was very pleased to see that the Texas courts threw out her. They're trying to strip her of her license, which, by the way, is an actual Democrat group that does that to to go after conservative lawyers, and and they've been uh, successful with Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, to strip him of his license, and they're trying to strip him in other states too. So. You should pray for Rudy, and um, it, what they're doing is, is criminal, but they're going after all the institutions that protect your listeners. It, you know, right now what they're doing is, if you look at the circle, they're going after the police, they're going after, the, well, they already took over the FBI, but they're, they're, they're going after all the institutions that protect the households of America, and as those protections are being reduced, the greater the risk that one day they'll come after you. Roger that. Do you think that Donald will go to jail? Uh, he has more. He can hire. He can hire more attorneys than I can. I. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I. I think that. Um, there, I, I just. I just think that he's running. He doesn't know that Jack Smith is the kind of. Uh, maybe he does. But he. He's. He's got. Uh, he could hire better attorneys than you and I could. Yeah, we need. To, we need to meet with the Donald and make sure that he clearly understands what he's dealing with here. Because if you. If. If you're not very careful, Donald will go to prison. Now, Donald will either be in prison or president, one of the two, huh? Well, they're they're going to do everything. I, I actually, I'm probably an anomaly in this. I think that if he doesn't go to prison, there may be somebody out there that wants to do him uh, real bad harm. I, I think they're sincerely threatened because he, he will not. The first time he was totally naive about the DOJ. I mean, they walked into his office. They wanted to set him up a recording. I don't know if you remember all that, but they, they wanted to set him up. They were point blank about it. And they talked about, well, we have a backup to get him out of office. I mean, it was, it was the most outrageous thing. And then, and then, of course, the Russian dossier was all proven false. And, and in fact, actually, the Russian dossier was produced by Russians working for Hillary. Well, so, now I mean, we find out that, that uh, Hunter and Joe are in bed with the communists in China, right? Yeah. Of course, oh, yeah. In as fact, your double standard points out, that's no big deal, right? Yeah, I'm laughing because everybody's talking about Ukraine. The thing is that people don't know that he's slow walking, and there's only actually out of all that money, 
a lot of it's going to uh, to his buddies. He's the one corrupt. Remember, you, Ukraine was investigating <laughs> investigating Hunter Biden, and the person that stopped it was Biden. And and I laugh. They say he's you know I keep hearing our good friend Tucker saying, well you know, uh, Slinky's corrupt. And I said, what corruption did he do? Does his son do coke? Does his son sleep with underage girls? Does his does his does his does he sleep with or shower with his daughter? Uh, I mean, does he get billions of dollars from China? I, what exactly? We have one of the most corrupt presidents in in the history of the United States. Anyhow, it's amazing. Hey, can you skip the break for me? Let's skip the break. This interview with Steve is just too good. Hang tight. All right, Steve, <laughs> let's continue. Donald Trump, though, while this is going on, while you got this Jack Smith, evil character, going after the Donald, and maybe his money will keep him out of prison. Time will tell. Um, but uh, Donald, um, well, let's say this. While Biden went to the Ukraine, <laughs> instead of to our own people, Donald right, Trump visits outrageous. McDonald's in East Palestine, or Palestine, Ohio, uh, and I guess he bought food for many of the first responders and the townsfolk there. He ordered a big list of food from everybody. He didn't order anything from himself, but it's interesting. Trump claims to the employees that he knows the McDonald's be- menu better than they do. <laughs> well, he might. You know, he's in the White House and he used to order McDonald's, which I thought was hilarious, and then he got criticized. Well, I think it was the Olympic team or something came there and he ordered pizzas at McDonald's and they criticized him for that. They said he should have given better food. And, I mean, he, another thing, too, he does, is which is interesting, he, he cooks his meat very dark and puts ketchup on it. <laughs> it's kind of like the way my dad used to do it. You know, it's not it's considered middle class and not proper. But the thing is, I was disappointed a little bit in Don when he had at his, his, uh, his house down there in Florida. He had... Um, you know, some people that don't agree with you and me on a line up on the gay rights issue. And I, I think that he got, he's got to realize that his, his base is, is the fundamentalists, the Baptists and the, you know, the conservatives that are there don't approve of that. And, and hey, I look, don't know. his, his base is really the white Christian conservative. Yeah, exactly. And and I I think that he he felt a little bit betrayed. Uh, we had an organization in Florida where we met, and we we had in Florida you're going to have. Well, by the way, I sat next to him for two years. He was on the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee with me, Ron DeSantis, and he wore. By the way, he wore cowboy boots every day in Congress. And I said, why? I said, wait a minute, I'm from Texas, and you're wearing cowboy boots. But the the thing is, is that he was a. Trump was upset with that, but that's that's going to naturally going to happen. And he he is a fighter. I mean, it's a two-edged sword, you know. When you get a fighter, sometimes you're upset with the way he fights. But uh, it's better than having uh, someone that's melt toast. You know, we had two candidates, actually from your home state, who uh, is betrayed the conservative movement repeatedly. And I later I got to find out from you if he's going to get reelected senator from Utah. You think Ron DeSantis will run in 24? Do you think he's going to wait and uh, run in 28? You know, I I, I thought he was going to wait, um, but I'm seeing more and more stuff that he might. I, Ron was always kind of – he's not a dumb guy. And I just – I don't know. I just thought he wasn't going to run. And now I'm, I'm ambivalent. I have no idea. I can't, I can't tell anymore. I think he'd be smart what? not to run, not that I'm really for the Donald. 
Now, I've always been concerned yeah. about Donald Trump. He's always had liberal friends, hung out in very strange yeah. rich people circles. He gave money to liberal people and was pro-abortion at the time. He loved Hillary, pro-abortion, loved Bill and all that stuff. And, you know, leave George Soros alone. He made comments like that. So I've always Democrat. been concerned about him. Uh, but yeah. you know what? He did a lot of good in office. i got to give him credit for some of the good that he did. He was more pro-life than any president we've ever had. He did take the border seriously, at least more so than anybody else. So there's a lot of good Donald Trump brought to the table. The problem that I'm having now, though, is he's made uh, several massive snafus. One, attacking DeSantis when he's not even running. I don't even understand what you would do that for. Okay, You, you I, need to I hold your tongue you. sometimes, I, Donald. Have you lost your mind? Okay, Why attack well, someone who's not I, even I, threatening I, you yet? Yeah, you can't you can't look back and, and go forward. I, I think I I never had a time to tell him this, but I, I think he should let other people do some of his battles. I mean, he's got such a great record. He, he you know, for years, actually for 20 years, they said they're going to move the presidents. Each president, even Obama, promised to move Jerusalem. I mean, our embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah, and Trump got and it done. He, yeah, he got it done. And then he got rid of Roe v. Wade, the three Supreme Court justices. He doesn't need to do that stuff anymore. He needs to say, hey, look what I've done. The economy look what I've great. done. And DeSantis is a great guy and a good friend. And, you know, sometimes civility, sometimes uh, holding the moral high ground is key. But not only uh, have I got a problem with Donald attacking DeSantis. I don't think Ron would run if he did that, by the way. I think if he well, was I, civil to run. I think he would wait till 28. Exactly. And he could use his huge support to back Donald Trump. But Donald yeah, made two he, other he, big mistakes. One of them is he said, let's yeet the Constitution. Let's just get, you know, if we get rid of the whole Constitution, we need to because all of this criminal activity. Has he lost his mind, Steve? No, I, I agree with you on that. But I I wonder, you know, when he, when he was in office, he would say stuff really uh, hardcore like that. In reality, if you look at him, he was very careful with his power and and didn't use it to extremes you've seen biden now i should we should call him by the way oh biden a, a quick tangent by the way i wish you'd get this clip but in the clip the the press secretary uh she accidentally says i just talked with obama i think that was yeah, more than did. a fraudulent slip huh yeah she did they also refer to harris as the as the president oftentimes too so it's everybody yeah, but exactly. uh, biden strangely enough your point's well taken yeah, but, it, but you're right. You're spot on in your, in your, in your things about Trump. And Trump, it, it, it's really frustrating because I honestly, I know Ron fairly well. Not, I mean, not like I play golf with either one of them. But uh, the, the thing is, is Ron probably would have backed off and not run for sure if, if Trump just, you know, treated him with respect and just like you, how you described, he should have handled it. And now it's like he's almost, in, in order for Ron to keep his honor, he almost has to run, you know. Yeah, and maybe that's part of Donald's tragedy, but, uh, strategy, but I, I have a problem with that. The other problem that I'm having with Donald Trump is he told you that there's election fraud. I think he's right on that fact. He said that vote by mail is part of the great fraud. Uh, he said early voting was part of the great fraud, and I still agree with those viewpoints. Donald's right about that. But now what Donald says is we have to play the Republican game. Uh, let's back voting by mail. Let's back early voting and everything else. Has he lost his mind? He's just done 180 degrees. Now he's wanting to jump in and, and participate participate in the fraud with these people. I, I mean, it's yeah, crazy. I, 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 I think he still wants to get rid of it. I think what maybe I misunderstand him. You probably may have a better idea. But I think what he's saying is as long as we have it, let's play by their game and do it. But I, I, I would hope he would get rid of that because, remember, it was, you know, Jimmy Carter right now, as you know, is, is in hospice. 
And it was none other than Jimmy Carter and the French, you know, really not two, you can't call either one right-wing Republicans, who said mail-in ballots are fraudulent, ripe with fraud, and that uh, they should be legal. And in, in France, they are. And Jimmy Carter yeah, and his insane. commission. Huh? Keep going. In his commission. Yeah, Jimmy Carter's commission outlaid exactly why it was fraudulent. And, and if you listen to the 2016 you had Democrats calling it the election fraudulent and went through everything we are saying as conservatives. The biggest election deniers every time a Republican win is the Democrat Party. And you have the audacity to say we're election deniers. It's just hilarious. I think your interpretation of Donald saying, hey, I'm against it. Let's eventually get rid of it. But in the meantime, we have to play their game. I get the concept, but you'll never convince me to go along with evil to get rid of evil. Okay, what I mean is I, I understand the logic, the reasoning, the idea, but I think it's a psychotic plan that will never work. Well, I, I can tell you what I did in college. Uh, they had a college fund, which was funding every – and the student body, would, we had a student senate. And the student senate would vote on who they would bring in to uh, speak, and then our student fees would pay for it. Well, when I brought in Eileen North and, some, and also English as the official language, you know, their hair was on fire over that. They abolished the program. <laughs> so sometimes it does work if you do it right. Um, if, if they feel like you're getting, this is one of the things I wanted to say. Maybe we have a, the, the collection of ballots is done in California to a great extent and has destroyed the election process. However, the churches there have an opportunity to ballot harvest. They get every church would collect the ballots during, uh, you know, like Wednesday night or whenever they meet Sunday night, we, we would win California and, and the, and the less hair would get on fire. You know, Hey, you can't do that. You're a church. And, and the fact is, is it would, it would be a tremendous uh, thing to reverse the policies. And they probably would if, if people started winning. So I, I, I agree with you on one, one point, but I think that, you know, until they, they feel their own pain, they don't see the light. I get your point. I can't disagree with some of the logic, but I'm, I'm very concerned, though. It reminds me of saying, look, if we're going to have sex ed in the government schools, uh, well, first off, I'd just shut down all the government schools. But if we're going to have I government agree. schools, well, then we agree with that line. <laughs> then we say, well, golly, if we're going to have the government schools, we're going to keep that. Then if we're going to have sex ed, let's at least have abstinence only in the sex ed plan. Well, that sounds no, great. Your, then your once, you, once you not, get funding, no, your goal should, no, your goal your, should, your goal should be to jettison it. But once you yeah. go ahead and say we're going to have um, abstinence sex ed, now you've got people fighting to keep the sex ed funding for abstinence. They're fighting to keep government schools open and sex in government schools training, and then they just want their slice of the pie in the mix. We've lost our way when we do that, uh, Steve. No, I agree. I agree with you on that. In fact, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I think that I told my staff one time, I said, don't just sit there, undo something, you know, we got so much government. I think the budget when I was there in 94 or the deficit was like 900 billion. And now uh, it's three or four times the size. It went way up compared to inflation. So, um, I mean, it's really alarming the direction our country's going. But I agree with you. I understand your principle and I agree with that. But I think that uh, the churches could have a powerful voice if they went ahead and practice uh, collecting because Christians, fr frankly, have dropped in the turnout, and it's really alarming. There's also a younger generation 
who've adopted either through social media, but have adopted a lot of the left's beliefs, which is really alarming. A last topic before the end of the hour, and you'll only get a second to respond to this one, Steve, but I want to highlight it anyway. <laughs> Explosive testimony just came out a couple of days ago at the Senate Elections and House Municipal Oversight and Elections Joint Meeting in Arizona, accusing Katie Hobbs, Fotus, Runbeck, that's a corporation, and corrupt judges of racketeering. I guess they're all in bed with the Mexican drug cartels. Rachel Alexander writes an incredible article about that. We'll get her on Liberty Roundtable Live here to cover that soon. But I'm telling you, this is explosive stuff, Steve. Yeah, Rachel's a dear friend, and she uh, it's a, a kind of an a, a unusual pathway she took to uh, writing about my case. And Rachel has been the lead and the most honest person about the corruption there, and she's quite brave. She, too, was persecuted and prosecuted by the left, and she's actually a lawyer, and the left stripped her law license, and I wish you'd all pray for her, too, because she was under extreme strain. We, we, we really got to bind together. And she's out there uh, writing about stuff. And quite frankly, it's, it's a great risk to her personal safety, I, I believe. So There's I, no I question just, about it. But I knew you knew her. I knew she defended you vigorously. I think she's incredible for doing so. I commend her. I commend you and your dear wife for all that you've been through and the incredible stands that you've taken. Our prayers are with your help. Steve, we'll be in touch to work on uh, more and more efforts as the conservatives work together because, look, they're getting crazy. They're picking us off one at a time. And if we don't stand together, we're going to all hang separately. I pray that's figuratively. Uh, but nevertheless, we better learn to stand together and we better learn it quick, Steve. Sam, we love you. And I'll tell you what, we lift you up in our prayers. And I, I heard one time the left was complaining about Utah. They said the ski lines uh, at your ski resorts are too long. And they're mad at the Republicans for that. If that's your biggest complaint in America, then you've got a real problem. But it's a beautiful state. And I was laughing when I heard that. And I thought of you. Brother, we love you, man. Godspeed. We'll let you fly. Thanks so much for your time. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Stockman, everybody. This guy is the stand-up guy of congressmen and senators. And sadly, he had a lot of friends. But as soon as he stood up to where they attacked him relentlessly, everybody else got afraid and backed away from Steve. Shame on every one of them. I doubled down in defense of Steve and always will because he, in my opinion, is an American Christian hero. He believes in our people, our way of life, DefendAPatriot.com was the website that his dear wife, Patty, put up for him. And the second they got Steve out of harm's way and home with his lovely wife, where he belongs, then he put that, or they turned that website to help others. Go check it out. DefendAPatriot.com and get involved in the solutions, would you please? Steve is spot on. We better stand together and we better do it quick. We better put our money where our mouth is. And we better get involved. Hour one of the can, two coming up. Oh, yeah, Keith Alexander will be with me second hour. And did you hear who else? Sam Dixon. It's all happening in seconds on the political cesspool on your radio.
In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows the only way you'd give a freshly minted driver a brand new car is if he promises to never drive it. Instead, let him grind the gears and knock over the neighbor's mailbox in something a little more suited to his skill level. And with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, he can safely drive something that's nearly as old as he is. It's not perfect, but it's perfect for him. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. The team at Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation. Leon de Grel in Exile by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. Yeah. 
You're listening to Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. James Edwards, out of town with his family, a well-deserved break. I, Sam Bushman, am sitting in. Hopefully I'm an adequate substitute in the meantime, but man, I'm surrounded by such incredible people. I think it's going to be just fine, even with me alongside for the ride. Alexander the Great, Mr. Keith Alexander, welcome back, sir. Always a pleasure. Good to have you on board tonight, Sam. We also have the incredible Sam Dixon. So you got Sam D and Sam B on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> We're a triple powerhouse of solutions, that's for sure. Welcome, uh, Sam Dixon. Well, nice to talk to you, Sam. All right, gentlemen, we have a topic this hour. I'm going to kick it off with a sound bite. It goes like this. We are starting in the state of Georgia. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis has yet to say whether or not she will seek indictments in her sprawling criminal investigation into former President Donald Trump and his allies' efforts to subvert the 2020 election. But today, one of the grand jurors in that, Emily Kors, the jury's forewoman, she is speaking out. NBC News Blaine Alexander sat down with Kors earlier this afternoon for her first television interview, and she dropped a whole lot of hints. Did the grand jury recommend indictments of multiple people? Yes. I will tell you, it's, it's not a short list. I mean, we saw 75 people, and there are six pages of the report cut out. So we're talking about more than a dozen people? I would say that, yes. Are these recognizable names, names that people would know? There are certainly names that you would recognize, yes. There definitely are some names that you expect. The grand jury forewoman telling NBC Today that the Georgia panel recommended that over a dozen people be indicted. Dozen is a lot. And on the one question that we are all wondering about, did the special grand jury recommend an indictment against the former president? Take a listen. Did the grand jury recommend an indictment of former President Trump? I'm not going to speak on exact indictments. Would we be surprised? Are there bombshells of who is being I don't recommended think, for indictment? I don't think that there are any giant plot twists coming. I don't think that there are any, like, giant... That's not the way I expected this to go at all. Mm. I, I don't think that's in store for anyone. So nothing that would surprise people who have been following this? Uh, probably not. Um, I wouldn't want to characterize anyone else's reaction, of course, but so that was something we heard a lot in testimony, um, but probably not. It probably wouldn't shock you. I would not 
expect you to be too shocked. No. And that includes of the former president, potentially. Potentially. It might. It's hard to parse that one out. Let's just stop it there. She goes on, and then she makes a bunch of statements about everything. Look, to me, this seems like a little bit of a bimbo eruption. I mean, this girl is just laughing. It reminds me of uh, how they've gone after some of these judges and everything with these girls that come out, and they laugh. and they're, they're Just very, very strange that she would even speak out, maybe poisoning the well for the uh, whole uh, indictments or court case in the first place. But we've got two attorneys on the line. How incredible is that? Well, let's start out with Sam Dixon. What do you say to this, sir? Well, there's so many layers of this cake, so we could go for a long time. Uh, the immediate thing, the audience, uh, I imagine most of them have seen the actual videotape of the interview with Ms. Core, uh, but the, the voice doesn't even begin to bring uh, the picture. The, the picture brings a picture of a really giddy, uh, peculiar woman. Uh, who should never have authority over other people in, in any society. It's the kind of person that has authority in, in our society. And when MSNBC's journalist was interviewing her, you could tell that this black journalist was, was almost chortling at the idea that they've got a system in which some, somebody like this uh, can have authority over other people. But I've been calling attention to this pending indictment for a long time. I think uh, Keith and James and I discussed it one time. It it did not get the attention it deserved. Only now is it getting national attention. But I think it's a a real excellent chance that they will indict Trump. And if they do, Trump will be convicted. Uh, There's almost no way he could be acquitted in Fulton County. Given the ruthless nature of Fonnie Willis and her uh, the district attorney, and the compliant nature of most of the judges, and the makeup of the jury, uh, it would take an, an intervention from God uh, for him to be able to be acquitted of anything. They could compute, accuse him of conspiring with little green men from Mars, uh, and they, they, they would be able to get a, a conviction before the first piece of evidence was introduced. It, it's a terrible system, and that's the greater lesson of this, which I think most people don't realize, and that is this kind of situation exists all over the United States. Uh, we used to hear the liberal journalists, they, they loved this. They still love it. An all-white jury acquitted the accused uh, killers of Lemuel Penn. The all-white jury, the all-white jury, the all-white jury. Well, all over the country now, we have overwhelmingly black or all-black juries. The, the case against O.J. Simpson, I think there were 11 out of 12. But, of course, it's never said there uh, an all-black jury uh, or an 11-to-1 black jury. The same media will, will never touch that. But you have this situation all over the country where uh, you have these courts, courts and counties and places that are no-go zones. For anybody that's not plugged in with the minority racist anti-white program, Atlanta, Atlanta, Fulton County is one of them, uh, where I live, probably at some danger myself, uh, or D.C. These guys, these people being accused and railroaded in these January 6th cases in Washington, there's no way any of those people can get acquitted. Washington, D.C. voted 93% to Joe Biden. Uh, the jury there is going, and they're being tried in front of judges like some immigrant from Jamaica. Uh, the, and the media exults like it's some sort of great revelation that, that they get convicted. 
there's, they're all going to get convicted. There's nowhere they can be acquitted. And that's true in pockets all across America. Uh, and the lesson of that is we have to do what Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene said, which we're going to have uh, understand as the last part of this program. And that is we've got to get out of this country. We have to think post-America. America is dead. We have to get out. There, there is no future in America. The only future lies outside of America. We need to make a new movie, No Country for Old White Men, right? No, young white children. For white people, period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are hated and demonized. We, we have a hysterical thing here in Georgia. Hey, let's go ahead and skip the break. This is just too good. Keith Alexander, what do you say? Do you agree with Sam Dixon? Do you think that Donald Trump will be indicted, number one? Number two, do you think he's going to be in prison or president? Uh, I think I'll take door number two on both of those. I, I, here, here's what I think is going to happen. <clears throat> Sam knows there's an old adage among lawyers that you can indict a ham sandwich. Uh, in other words, it doesn't take much. Basically, all the prosecutor has to do is say, this is what we intend to prove. He doesn't even have to present the proof that he's going to uh, uh, put out there. He just has to summarize. And you find a compliant judge, and, uh, you know, it's just like a hot knife going through butter. Now, on the other hand, I think in places like Fulton County, uh, Georgia, or in, let's say, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or in Washington, D.C., or in New York, you'd find out, we have to revise that old adage. You can convict a ham sandwich in those places, uh, and, you know, uh, because that's that's what's going to happen. See, we've got um, this is what we call lawfare, and the reference isn't to welfare; it's to warfare. This started in the civil rights movement, using the courts as a way to bludgeon your opposition, and they've done it. And they're going to do this. We talked about DeSantis. You, you, and uh, Steve talked this about DeSantis and will he run or will he not? You know, of uh, uh, well, if the, I think the smart thing for him to do is just to sit back because I think the left is going to take out Donald Trump one way or another. They'll probably get a conviction and argue that he is thereby disqualified for running for uh, or holding any type of public employment with the federal government, including being the president. And DeSantis will have this situation fall in his lap like ripe fruit. Now, uh, you know, that, that that lady that was being interviewed, with, is she the prosecutor on this thing, guys? I, I, I never no, picked up No, she's on just that. a, she's the, what do they call that, the foreman of the grand jury or whatever you want to call it. Um, so she's Fourth the speaker for the grand Fourth jury, right? Well, well, she Fourth obviously Fourth. had her mind made up. She She was acting like the cat that ate the canary. Throughout the no whole question. interview. Go ahead, Sam, about her. Uh, well, she's a foreman, or, or you might say she's going to be fit into the modern world, four person. She's the, the head of the grand jury. But um, Imagine a guy like that at the head of the grand jury, though, that giddy. I mean, she literally, it was like her, I get to be in the media. It was her, I mean, it, it, it was insane, her behavior. Do you think Donald's money can keep him out of prison, Sam Dixon? Well, it can certainly help. He can get outstanding lawyers. Uh, but I don't. Uh, but with with the deck stacked against him the way it is, I don't think even an outstanding lawyer would be able to get him off. And more than that, Sam, let me just say this: 
they can keep the prosecution can keep the ball in the air until this election comes up or mm-hmm. until the nomination process is uh, over with. And they hope then the damage will be done. They're going to, they, they would, they're not going to allow Donald Trump to be president again. Mark my words. If that happens, you know, I'll, I'll expect the cow to jump over the moon. We're dealing with, in the left, unprincipled people. And John Adams said, our government can't work unless you have good people being governed. Uh, and if you can't do that, well, we don't have that anymore. These people have no principles. They just want to win. They know where the finish line is. And it's like Al Davis, the legendary coach or owner of the Oakland Raiders said, just win, baby. That's all they're interested in. They're not interested in style points for being uh, true to the Constitution or doing things uh, politely and properly. And uh, uh, they're just, they don't care, you know, how much blood and mayhem they cause, uh, figuratively speaking, in the courtroom. They're going to get what they want. And you can see with uh, a jury foreman like that woman, it's like, she's like Madame Lafarge in Tale of Two Cities. You know, she's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but here, so, uh, Sam Dixon, let me ask you this then. Jack Smith uh, is really behind a lot of this, too. And whoever Jack Smith goes after literally gets taken down. They say Smith is kind of entering endgame in Trump attack. What do you say? Well, I, I think that the, one of the fundamental, there are the, these inherent systemic problems, to use a, a much-loved left-wing liberal, much-loved adjective by liberals, now systemic. One of the problems that I found, I, I, I've never been in the criminal law much. I, I don't know if they real estate litigation, but I did represent people uh, for a number of years who were being being picked out and singled out and railroaded by the government. And one of the problems you have is, if you're a, if you're a black man and you've been indicted, you can count on the blacks on the jury being sympathetic to you, uh, and basically they are suspicious of law enforcement. They're, they're willing to acquit people like they acquitted uh, O.J. Simpson, people who are clearly guilty. So they're going to stick together, and they don't believe cops, uh, and they don't like cops. But when you get the white ones on the jury, they're mostly people like my own dear, beloved mother, uh, people who, who are ready to put everybody in jail, you know, who uh, believe that if he wasn't here, uh, if he was innocent, he wouldn't be here. The fact that he's here shows he's guilty. And you have these whites that, that show up for jury duty and they're there to help the, the district attorney stop crime. So the people who ought to be sympathetic to these defendants are, are not sympathetic to the people like Trump or people like the people I was representing. They, they are all eager to show that they believe in, quote, law and order, end quote, by doing what the district attorney says. Uh, and the, the other people who would normally be voting innocent, as they did for O.J. Simpson, uh, they're going to be voting guilty because that's a white man. And one that we don't. And also, like. there are white people, Sam, that have the same thing. You know, they're trying to virtue signal that even though I'm yeah. white, I'll, I'll go against the white guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, There's a guy know, in in Tyree Nichols' case, uh, a guy named David Soleil, who said, "All our skin folk ain't kin folk." Well, that's a much mm-hmm. bigger problem in the white population than it is in the black. Okay, the black well, people. We are individualists, uh, and, and, and this is the great curse of our race. We are, we are individualistic. We need to be team players. If, if we don't become team players, we're finished. Uh, well, you and, said and, this in, in that recent uh, 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 speech I told you about before. 
we right. have people that just you know they they cannot get their uh, minds around the fact that you know that uh, we're dealing with people that engage in groupthink. They look first of all at themselves and they're a member of a group. We have individualists, as you pointed out in that speech. You know, in fact, kind of the rebellious part of the population wound up going to the new world from England and from uh, Europe, and that's what the white population is here. So we're trying to fight somebody that plays well as a team. Uh, it doesn't matter how good every individual is. If you don't play as a team, you don't win. If, you're, if in high school, if you have a, a group of ninth graders on the football team playing, on the football field playing as a team, they will defeat a, a team made up of, of, of high school seniors who are on the field as individuals. Wandering all over the field, and that's absolutely. What we've got with, that's what we've got with white people. Our enemies, our rivals, the people who are struggling with us for control of this turf within the borders of the United States, they are team players. That's true of blacks. It's highly true of Jews. It's true of Hispanics. They are a team. People from the subcontinent of India, even. Yeah, it's yeah, true of the socialists. Team. It's true of the communists. It's true of everybody but us. Yeah, and so no one. The, the surprising thing to me is not that we are losing and have lost. The surprising thing is that we're still here. Uh, you know, and you, the reason you, we're still here, I think, Sam, is this: let the left win. We make many more gains when the left is in and showing people just how unhinged they are. You know, like this sexual depravity is a civil rights, which seems to be the, uh, uh, you know, the style of the uh, moment in uh, the left. You know, they're absolutely people all around the globe. Uh, are, their jaws are just open. You know, they're saying we can't believe this nonsense that we're hearing from America. America, what has happened to America? Well, it's the same stuff they've heard from America our entire history. Uh, Amen. It's well, it's surprising to me that we're here. It's also a little bit surprising to me that we haven't learned some of these lessons uh, yet. But Donald Trump did go while while uh, what do they call this guy's name? Uh, oh, Biden. Uh, while Biden went to uh, the Ukraine, uh, no surprise there, Donald went to McDonald's um, <laughs> where the big spill went. And it's a mostly white area where he went, and he bought lunch for everybody, and he joked with the employees saying, I know the, mem- uh, the menu better than you guys and everything else. Uh, do you think that's going to play very well? Is Donald going to uh, be president? Do you think Sam Dixon? Keith says no. Um, but no. you know what? If he, if he plays to the white no. base, will he? No. The white base doesn't matter anymore. You know, that's what whites need to get into their thick skulls. That's when I say we have to think post-America. Until you're thinking post-America, you don't have a clue. Uh, you know, the, the we demographic- don't have fair elections anymore, right? That, that, that's one thing. No, See, no, people that expect it to work, it's not going to work. It would not matter now if it, they were fair because the numbers simply aren't there. We have been colonized deliberately. Uh, by our enemies, they have colonized our country with third world immigrants. They have these settlers have been brought in, like 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 when we settled the country and the Indians. Indians could not win an election, you know, thirty years after the uh, after the, the Plymouth Rock and after the, the Jamestown, uh, Indians though there is couldn't win elections because they were a tiny minority, and these people are colonizing us, uh, and the demographics are such that here in Georgia. Forty-six percent of all the registered voters are non-whites. 
Yes, no. and the question, so the question next. Go ahead, Sam. Well, you know, and 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 four years from now, there'll be fifty-two percent. Yeah, the only hope is post-America, and we and we can't glorify the past. I listened to the ads on on this wonderful broadcast about how great America is. We need to look at American history primarily to learn the mistakes, not to glorify the founding fathers, but to see what went wrong. And it went it's called wrong. looking at life through rose-colored glasses. We can't, you know, yeah, basically. A child learns to, no child has ever learned to walk without falling down. The child learns from mistakes. We all learn from mistakes. America has turned out to be a mistake. And we have to learn from those mistakes. We have to be well, thinking now about what kind of country we'll have. Let me say this about the upcoming election. Here's what's going to happen. All of this relaxation of voting rules came through the Voting Rights Act of 1965. All of the key swing states have large metropolitan areas with a sizable black population like Pennsylvania, Detroit, Georgia, whatnot. That's where all the electoral fraud goes on. People talk about, you know, hacking the computer machines. They don't need to do that. They've got tried and true methods they've been developing ever since 1965 when the Voting Rights Act passed. What they will do is, you know, Reverend Cleofus Highstep or something is going to find 10,000 absentee ballots uh, that were hidden in the trunk of his car, and he didn't know it. And they'll come in and they'll win, and the Republicans won't do anything about it because they would rather be called a homicidal pedophile than a racist. Ignorantly, but true. Ignorantly so is the point. Sam Dixon with us, ladies and gentlemen. Keith Alexander, when we come back, what if Ron DeSantis doesn't run? Will he be a shoe-in for 2028? What's going to happen? Who will be your president? We'll talk about that. And then we got to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Interesting statements. We'll do it all in seconds on The Political Cesspool. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Dave Collins. The U.S. has a gift for Russia to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine invasion. More sanctions. The Biden administration imposing the new sanctions on Russia, which include U.S. financial and travel sanctions against 200 Russian individuals who support the invasion. While announcing the new sanctions, the White House also unveiled a new $2 billion economic package for Ukraine, which is coming from the Group of Seven Nations. I'm John Schaefer. The Norfolk Southern Railroad is getting hit with lawsuits following the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. An Ohio-based law firm says it's filed a class-action lawsuit against the railroad on behalf of everyone living within 30 miles of the derailment. Along with punitive damages, the suit is pushing for the creation of a fund for medical monitoring, new testing, and cleaning procedures. The train that derailed earlier this month exposed the community to highly toxic chemicals. The Washington, D.C. rally at the Lincoln Memorial marked the one-year anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine. That was this afternoon. A Ukrainian refugee was there wanting to show support. Our hearts was Ukraine, and we want to support and want to show that we love Ukraine and want our country to be free. Universal Studios' Cocaine Bear is drawing in crowds at the weekend box office. The gory comedy flick about a rampaging bear on drugs 
drew in nearly $9 million on its opening Friday. That's a better opening than expected. Could set the film up for a $20 million opening weekend. Meanwhile, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is looking at a huge week-to-week drop-off of roughly 72%. It's looking to bring in another $30 million this weekend. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Dixon, Keith Alexander, yours truly, Sam Bushman, sitting in for James Edwards. James will be back next week to kick off, yeah, his uh, month around the world, if you will. That's going to be incredible. It's the March Around the World. Expect it kicking off next week. It'll be a month-long gallivant around the world that'll be incredible. Just to set the record straight, I get the point about America and its mistakes, and I agree that we can't look at rose-colored glasses and pretend everything is all well. When I look back at the founders, when I look back at the Constitution, my personal opinion is those were a lot of right. They weren't perfect, but they were a lot of right. Where we've fallen off the rails in America is that we, the people, have turned away from God and primarily turned away from family and country. And those are the reasons for the demise, not necessarily the founders or the Constitution. Are we melting down in America? We are. We are for sure, but let's point to the real reasons. When you turn away from God, you'll always lose, Keith. That's true enough, but on the other hand, there's a third reason. Diversity is not our greatest strength. It's our greatest weakness. We have all these people that do not see themselves as citizens of the United States governed by the Constitution. We persist in that, and basically when we take that position with other people that want to just win, baby, we are fighting the fight with one arm tied behind our back. And that's just, it's not going to work. That's, it's been, we've gone throughout my lifetime and Sam Dixon's lifetime, you know, one loss after another to the left. Yeah, you're and, right about that. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis, though. For some reason, Donald's attacking Ron, and Ron isn't even running yet. I don't know what the heck's going on with that, but if Ron's wise, he'll just kick back and avoid the fight with Donald, and then he'll have a shoe-in for 2028 if he's, if he's wise. So well, he, he's probably think? got a uh, – I think he's got a shoe-in for this election because I think Sam is right. They're going to – you know, these people ain't messing around on the other side. They're going to take him out one way or another. Preferably, they're going to do it because they seem to have the, the judicial system and the justice system in their hip pocket. And they're going to convict him in a place like, uh, you know, D.C. or Atlanta or New York. uh, So what do you you say, Sam Dixon? Do you think that uh, 
DeSantis will run, number one. Do you think he'll be a shoo-in? What do you think is going to happen there? Uh-oh, did we lose a, Go ahead, Sam. I, I think Trump made a mistake by criticizing DeSantis, and, and DeSantis has made a mistake by talking about running. But it ultimately doesn't matter uh, because we're moving into a one-party nation. Uh, you know, the Republicans can't win. Uh, we saw that in the, in the midterms. Everybody was predicting a big uh, a red wave. All these Republicans going to get in. They lost the Senate, uh, and they barely picked up just barely enough you know, handful of seats to change the House. Uh, and every every two years, the demographics ratchet about one and a half to two percent against them, uh, and, and they, they 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 we're just in a situation now which there is no possibility of relief through the electoral system, uh, and and white European Americans need to understand that that, that 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 this system cannot be reformed. There is no way to reform the system; it will only get worse. Well, it's like this. Here's the way I would put it. You got one team that is willing to cheat to win, the other that is trying to be high-minded and virtuous. Guess which one's going to win? Well, well Democrats. Go ahead. It's worse, Keith. You're an optimist. Before I got cut off and had rejoined you, you were saying for the break that the the Republicans don't don't fight. It's worse than that. These people that hold public office in the Republican Party overwhelmingly. Uh, they're, they're just sociopathic. They're, they're, like, they're, they're politicians. They, you know, we know they're disloyal to their race. They care nothing about their race. They care nothing about their region. The ones from the South care nothing about their region. Uh, they have no affection for the Confederacy. or their, their, you know, but Why would you think people like that would be loyal to the Republican Party? As long as they get 20 good years and some fat bank accounts in Switzerland, they don't give a damn. And that's true. That's just like the Bidens. You know, the Bidens have made all this money, and that's, that's like plan B. You get there, and you're going to be Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but then you find out that if you do that, you're going to be a one-termer, and why not just stay up there and, you know, fatten your wallet, uh, put a lot of money away, squirrel it away, and that's what they do. I, 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 just, hate, to be, I hate to be the, the, the voice of negativity, but, but they, they aren't even Mr. Smith when they go to Washington. They're already Yeah, I know. People who bought them, uh, huge numbers of them, uh, are subject to blackmail. You know, we learned that, that Strom Thurmond fired an illegitimate black child before he ever sought public office. And, and this was known to the FBI, it was known to National Public Radio and the news media. It, it was known to the Kennedy brothers and Bobby Kennedy, the attorney general, who was going after Southerners right and left. It was known to LBJ. The only people who didn't know that were the voters. They didn't know about it. Uh, well, likewise with John Kennedy. Look at look at what a uh, uh, oh, you know a libertine he was. So many of these people, yeah. But what this means, the pro- the profound import of this was is clearly, Strom Thurmond was never a free agent. He was held forward as the leader of the thin gray line in the Senate, the the leader of the segregationists. No, they owned him. They could take him out of office in disgrace. At the flick of a pen, pencil, he, he, he never was what he was pretended to be. And you have so many other examples. If you stay alert and read the papers, Hasker, and this is, you know, the, the, it's like number three in the uh, Republican uh, hierarchy of power in the House of Representatives. He leaves office, and it comes out that, that he sexually molested a high school student when he was a wrestling coach. You know, and and the, the sister of that boy, who is now dead, 
I heard her interviewed one time on National Public Radio, and what she said was, my family can't understand why this is news now. We've been saying this, you know, for the last 20 years. We said it during his first campaign for office, and the media wouldn't report it. We've tried to get him prosecuted. They wouldn't prosecute him. So Haskert was never, never a free man. I mean, it's just, these people, the, the, the Epstein thing, you know, everyone, everyone the, the, the real import there is how many of these congressmen and people like Bill Clinton were down there availing themselves of the sexual bait that, that Epstein had and who were therefore completely subject to, to blackmail by the people, by, by the community to which uh, Epstein belonged. And that is the immorality that I speak of. You know, you cannot turn your back on God. You cannot uh, offend the little ones, if you will, and lose the moral high ground and expect our country uh, to have the blessings of the Almighty upon us, as was well, once hitherto to some degree, Sam. And, and that's the sign of hope. Because I, 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 when I was a kid, I, I was blessed with having a Russian tutor who was a Russian aristocrat who managed to get out of Russia alive after the 1917 revolution. And she always was serenely confident that Russia would cease to be communist. I don't mean she wasn't straining. She wasn't trying to convince herself. She was serene and quiet. And when, it, when, when I asked her and other people asked her, well, is Russia always going to be communist? Natasha would say, no, communism cannot survive because it is against human nature, it's against scientific truth, and it's against God's law. And, and I think she's spot like on that, right. She said that something like that can flourish for a while, but it, it cannot stand. It is a house built on the sand, and it will fall, and Russia will be free again. Unfortunately, she died. She lived to be 100 years old. She died about two years before the fall of communism. Uh, when, when I heard when the, when the coup failed, and the Communist Party was outlawed, I, I thought, how I wish Natasha were alive to see to the see day. This. No question. See her but she's spot on right. She's spot on right. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, speaking of what happens when a house is divided against itself, when a house is divided against God, and that's what we're seeing here now, Marjorie Taylor Greene literally calls for a national divorce between the red and blue states. She used the term secession uh, in what she had to say. Uh, this is very interesting indeed. Keith Alexander, then Sam Dixon. Well, look, we still have the same divide culturally and uh, temperamentally that we had back before the Civil War. This is a marriage that hasn't worked out. We need a divorce, but like most people that want a divorce, we prefer to have an no-fault divorce. Uh, I think the best thing that could happen would be for California, for example, to leave the union. I, I would give money to the Cal Exit movement and see if they can go. If they will go, then we'd be in control. Their 54, 55 electoral votes would have disappeared. That's That means that the Republicans would win the elections. And the people up in the Northeast and in upper Midwest, they would go nutsoid if that happened, and they would be the ones leading the charge for secession. But we can't, uh, we just can't go on like this. Somebody said that when something can't go on forever, it won't. Well, uh, you know, everything that has happened with uh, America, you know, the interior West and the South 
are the red states. And that's because there is a consistent outlook there. And it's, it's 180 degrees from the blue states. Let's skip the break. I'm hoping James will forgive me for skipping all of his breaks, but this is just too good. Sam Dixon, your turn. Well, I'm sitting here in Atlanta with tomorrow's Atlanta Journal-Constitution sitting in my lap. We, you can buy the paper on uh, Saturday. And I read the Atlanta Journal you know, to see what's going on. And they have a column by one Patricia Murphy, political insider is what they call it. And the, the headline reads, her column is, Marjorie Taylor Greene signs final papers signifying her total divorce reality. And this little liberal virtue signaling columnist uh, goes on to talk about how crazy it is that somebody would want to get out of America. And how could any negative view of America? This is the first bit of political reality and sanity that I've seen for anybody in, in Congress in Georgia in decades. You know, this it, it's, it's like I was saying, you have to think post-America. And it cannot be in terms of geographic secession. This is not 1860. This is 2023. It has, we have to have an ethnostate. We have to have a state which is unabashedly created for an ethno group, for, for, for an ethnic group, a, a group of people defined religiously, uh, racially, culturally, and historically. And, and people, you say that, of course, you'll need to be denounced as, as this uh, Patricia Murphy is denouncing uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene as a hater and a racist. No one denounces Jews as haters and racists for wanting a Jewish state. In fact, if you oppose the Jewish state, uh, you are a hater. We, we, they're, trying to, they're trying to write into Georgia law now in our legislature a law that will define hate and anti-Semitism as somebody who denies the rights of Jews to their own ethnostate. That, that's our Georgia Republican. See, you know, heads I win, tails I lose is the New York yeah. uh, rule. And it's, uh, yeah. see, the I, same I, thing with blacks. Blacks, nobody will say anything bad about blacks saying they need to have a black state or something like this. But, you know, we need to insist, you know, we need to just disregard that uh, chatter is background noise and go forward. And, for example, I think the thing would work itself out very well if we ramp down welfare rates. You would see black people leaving what uh, that that locale to go to another one that has generous ones. So, uh, you know, we just need to have some type of consent. A nation in the Bible is a group of people. It's not like a country with borders like the old Yugoslavia used to be or something. It was, you know, people that shared a uh, similar ethnicity and outlook and folkways, I, things I, like that. I, I have, I have more in common. I'm more at home walking down the streets of, of Munich uh, or Milan, uh, or it used to be Paris, not anymore, or Amsterdam, than I am walking down areas of Atlanta that are now Mexican barrios uh, or, or black areas. I, these are my people. I fit in with them. They're still foreigners. They're not, they're not Americans. They're not Southerners. Uh, but I have more in common with them. And the very word nation comes from, from the, the, the root word is birth, what you are at birth. And see, that's why I'm, I'm opposed, one of the reasons I'm opposed to these efforts to outlaw critical race theory. Critical race theory is right. 
America was created as a, quote, racist, end quote, country, the way Israel is a racist country, the way any country, the way, the way Uganda is a racist country, or Cuba. Segregation or is natural and normal. That's what, you know, we, we took all this heat in the civil rights movement about segregation. All groups segregate. Jewish yeah. neighborhoods are there, you know, well, because Polish neighborhoods. Hold on, Keith. Yeah. The, the principle is naturally people want to freely associate. That's one of the fundamental. Well, well birds of a feather of... flock together even more. That's that's what the real principle is. Birds of a feather flock together, and nobody should apologize for that. But when people freely associate, they do what they want to do, Sam Dixon. Well, they do, but even there, do we really want freedom of association? I'm not sure. This, this intoxication, this drunken attachment to freedom, I, I, I'm very, I'm very strange, uh, Sam. I, I'm not like a lot of. I, I'm really a liberal and more subject than I am a conservative. I have to admit that. Uh, but the, the this in freedom stuff. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not in, in. I'm not drunk on freedom. The uh, you know, you could say that that we're freer today than we were when I was a child. The liberals have brought us all kinds of freedoms. I want to marry a black woman. I can marry a black woman. If I want to marry a, a white boy, I can marry a white boy. If you uh, want to marry a horse, you'll soon be able to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 there's so yeah, much. Yeah, that's coming to a stable <laughs> near <laughs> you, <laughs> isn't it, Keith? And <laughs> the preacher say, I now pronounce you man and sheep, you know? Yeah, 10-year-olds ten, ten ten have a right to, to, to get castrated. You know, I don't think 10-year-olds should have a right to get castrated, have their breasts cut out. Yeah, well, we have too much freedom, basically. We yeah. need to have a society that works according the, to in the, traditional the, morals. The community, libertarianism is wrong. The community does come first. All right, where do you predict Marjorie Taylor Greene's comments go? She's kind of talking about red and blue states a little bit. As you wisely point out, Sam Dixon, that it's it's going to have to be uh, not necessarily based on locale. It's going to have to be based on fundamentals uh, and principles and, and beliefs and ideologies and race and, and race. Uh, everything else to build this state. Okay, all these terms. How do you think it's going to unfold? Well, I, you know, I, I think it could start with, with some sort of geographic secession, but, but revolutions go in very different directions from what they start out doing. And uh, Americans have almost no attachment to their historic roots. Uh, you know, they, they don't know what they are. Uh, they revel in the 4th of July on the idea that they repudiated Europe that two, 200 and something years ago. They divorced themselves from thousands of years of their history. It's an insane and destructive idea that our enemies promote constantly. Uh, but, you know, if you go back to English history, if you, you know, very few Americans know much about it. But in the 1640s, they had a civil war in England between the the Puritans and, and the religious Puritans on one side and the Anglicans and quasi-Catholics on the others. And it also between people who believe that the parliament was supreme and the king was, should, had, 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 was trying to get too much power. In, in the course of that war, the result of the war was something entirely different. It ended up being a, a dictatorship, uh, a, a, a government far more oppressive than even that uh, of the king. And, and these things can go in wild directions. So anything that gets the conversation going, anything that breaks the inertia, that ends the inertia, that ends the stasis, uh, anything like this is good for us. If Vermont starts talking about seceding, and California, like Keith was saying, uh, the, the, the idea of white nationalism, I, I don't shrink from that term. They, they use it against me as a hate term here in the media, that, that I'm a white nationalist. And, and you know, I, I make the point. 
I want my people to have the same rights that Jews claim to have a country of their own. Uh, and when it's put that way, it's any fair-minded people, and maybe 20% of the people are fair-minded. Uh, it's the hypocrisy of this is self-evident. And they're just well, transparent. It's clear. Well, uh, what we, we have a- right now, I think, is this. We have a – it's like before the Civil War. The South was basically an agricultural colony of the North, and they didn't want to lose that source of income and uh, that manpower and all that type of stuff. The left is not going to go for it unless they see us in control and they want to get themselves out from under our control. I, you know, practically speaking, I don't want to send people on a children's crusade to be slaughtered. Well, we don't need a replay of the American Civil War again. No, and if, if we do have a civil war, and that's possible, given the fact that these people, our enemies, have no moderation and truly hate us. They would really like to see us dead. Well, they uh, hate our guts. Uh, the Antifas, the FBI agents, the people like this, they would happily have Katine Woods massacres going on all over America. These people truly hate us. There, there's no integrity to them. There's no moral hesitancy about it. Uh, they're, they're, they're only restrained to some extent because they don't yet have the kind of absolute power uh, that Lenin and his cutthroats got in, in October of 1917 in Russia. Uh, and if they get that, we'll see what they're like. Uh, but, but it can't hold together. This country is falling apart. The only thing that has bound Americans together has been money and good times, the high standard of living. And that's going when, when that's taken away, as it is being taken away and must be taken away, given the policies of our government, it, it must go. It, it's, it's like Natasha said, it, it, it can have no other result than to fail. The, well, it's America, what Trotsky said, too, about this. Well, you know, he, he said, you may not be interested in the revolution, but the revolution is interested in you. There are a yeah, lot of Americans who, uh, you know, as long as they've got their jet ski and their cabin down on the lake and they're... University of Alabama season tickets or BYU season tickets or something like that. They're, they're, they, they don't want cultural issues. They just want to live in their own little economic bubble. I think that Pat Buchanan called it economism in mm-hmm. that famous book yeah. of his Death of the West. And that's, uh, they're going to find out that, you know, they may not, uh, they may not be interested in the revolution, but the revolution will certainly be interested in them. When the time yeah, comes. well, it's coming. It's coming. And the, the fact of the matter is that Americans don't really like each other. All the talk about National Brotherhood Week and black history, basically Americans don't like each other, and that's with good reason. And when the money is gone, the, the binding glue is going to go with it. And, exactly. You know, it, it, it's going to be, and it's coming. It's in every coming. America's failure is inevitable, and it's failing very quickly now. The post office in America closes for lunch. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Do you think that happens in civilized first world nations like Switzerland uh, or Luxembourg uh, or Austria? No. It happens no, in No work the, ethic. Well, well it's, government you know, employment. it's just the chaos of everything. I, I could talk about Sonny Willis, the one, the, the, the DA who's uh, after Trump. That's something that needs to be talked about before we, we close this thing down, and we're about to close down. Bonnie Willis, uh, the, the law is just not being enforced in Atlanta. Atlanta has become the center of forgery nationwide. 
uh, there's just a, an industry now of forging deeds. I've had deeds forged on eight or nine properties of mine in Atlanta. You cannot get Sonny Willis to prosecute anybody for forgery. And the word is out nationwide. Hey, if you want to come to a place where you can forge things and steal people's money, Atlanta's your home. And you know, that's actually going on. I'm trying to put a woman in jail who has, formed, who has forged a number of deeds on me. It, it took me six months to get the warrants issued, and it's been four months since the warrants were issued, and the police have never executed the warrants. They've never arrested this woman. I know where she lives. I've told her where they are. She's now listed one of the properties that she forged. It's listed for sale on the MLS. Now, that's the kind yeah. of city Atlanta is. And then you deal with Phony Willis. Here, here's something that everybody on your, your listing should think, could li- perk up your ears. There's a guy in Atlanta named Tex McIver. He's an 80-year-old white guy. He, was, he shot his wife while they were in the car with a friend. He says it was accidental. There's no way you know whether it was accidental or not. Uh, and it's unlikely somebody would kill his wife. Uh, in front of a witness in the car. Uh, it's, it's a very odd way. And since the, the, since the standard uh, criminal case is convicting somebody beyond a reasonable doubt, the, the guy never should have been charged. And in fact, the DA's office did not charge him because they didn't feel they had a case. But then he made a mistake. He committed a real crime. He was interviewed by a journalist, and they asked him why he had gotten the gun out, and he said, because we were going through a bad neighborhood and I was worried after the Black Lives Matter riot, and so I got the gun out in case there was trouble. Bonnie Willis and the DA's office, the DA's office, reversed itself, and they indicted him because they were so enraged that he made that statement. And they tried he's a nasty old racist. His head needs to be on a pike. And this <laughs> is the quintessential point Sam Dixon has been making the whole hour long, which is, you know what, folks, we have fallen to that kind of low. Derelicts oh, are in Sam, charge. You don't, I have and, and, and we, I the people, are going to suffer. Go ahead. You're about out of time, I, though. I have to finish with Fawny. She tried this thing as a racial case. Everybody involved was white, but but the, the, her office tried it as a racial case. And in the closing argument to the jury, she had a blow up of a bullet, and she and her office had it written up across the bullet, KKK. And the judge allowed this exhibit to be displayed to the jury and allowed the prosecution to argue about the Ku Klux Klan. And the guy was convicted. We've, was followed, we've fallen to that low with James Edwards and the case Sam Dixon speaks of. Sam, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, Keith, stay there. You, Third hour coming up. It's going to be incredible. James Edwards still on vacation as we hard hit and talk about things that matter in America. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. 
We have the new product at InfoWarsLife.com, BioTrue Selenium. We've had so many requests over the years for selenium, and just recently, we were able to source a certified organic bioavailable selenium from mustard seed extract. When you take selenium in the body, it actually benefits the detoxification systems in your body. It helps balance the thyroid gland. It helps detoxify. Selenium is another one of those absolute must-haves. The highest concentration of selenium is in the thyroid gland, but it's actually used all over the body. As a matter of fact, there's 25 genes in the body that are directly dependent upon selenium. So it really is a all-around nutrient that everybody really needs. I'm taking it now every day. This is so key. BioTrue Selenium is the product, the best selenium that we could bring you. We believe it's the best out there at a very, very low price. Exclusively available at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. You're listening to the Political Cess Pool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Katie Armour raised the standard. Finally, AR-500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at katiearmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Keith Alexander. I guess the music will stop sooner or later. (laughs) But I just wanted to let you know that we're always in a quest to find new, interesting content creators, and we found one in Timothy Kelly. I was on Timothy's show. I don't know whether it was the Powers and Principalities show or the uh, Our Interesting Time show. He has several podcasts. It was supposed to go on for an hour, and it wound up going two hours and 58 minutes, didn't it, Timothy? Yeah, I, I told you it'd be about that long, but I warned you that once the conversation starts, it's hard to end it. Oh, it was interesting. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, but uh, tell us about your podcast. Tell us about what your particular niche is, uh, ideologically speaking, and what your interests are, and then tell us what you think is uh, happening in the world today that we ought to explore on this segment of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> the uh, the primary program is Our Interesting Times. That was the program that you were on. That's the show I conducted an interview. 
and uh, uh, and um, you know uh, interview uh, content creators, uh, authors, researchers, um, activists, and such. And the program is dedicated to uh, looking into sort of revisionist history, parapolitical, you know, conspiracy stuff. I guess you could say um, the stuff that isn't really uh, covered. By the mainstream media or academia or the, or the media, the real history, so, in other words, not yeah. not the court-approved history. Yeah, yeah, and I've been doing it. Uh, I guess close to six, oh, no, no, seven years. Geez, seven years there. And then I do a. There's like another program that I do week. It's called Powers and Principalities. And that's more like a conversation. Uh, the co-host is Joe Atwell. We just uh, uh, get on and we talk about. The, you know, often it's uh, it's topical or it could be historical too, but we lately it's been more topical because of the fast pace of events. But sometimes we do retrospectives on certain issues, um, you know, so it just, we just kind of chew the fat, talk about political issues, and that's a weekly program that I do uh, with him. Uh, how does some how do uh, our listeners find you on the internet? Well, you could probably just uh, do a search uh, a search engine, preferably something other than Google. But if you do, it's on Podomatic. That's the kind of the primary site they use for our interesting times and powers and principalities. But if you do just search through powers and principalities or our interesting times in my name, you'll 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 come up with it. You know. So. Well, it's the floor is yours. Uh, it's your dime, your dance at this point. You tell us uh, what do you think is interesting that uh, you would like to explore with us on this show today. So, you know, all the things that are going on, Trump's indictment uh, or pending indictment, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, call for secession, uh, all sorts of other things, of course, too, Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump, or anything that you think uh, is interesting and you would like to discuss. Well, at this point, uh, electoral politics is sort of like a humiliation ritual, <laughs> at least at the national level. It's hard to take it seriously at this point. Uh Donald Trump gave an interesting address recently, and it's the um, yeah. Donald actually, was hanging out at McDonald's too. Tim having a good time at McDonald's. That's important news, right there, Tim. Buying, yeah, buying of the people. Yeah, buying everyone happy meals or something. But um, going showing up there, up there in East Palestine, uh, a town up there that was the victim of that train wreck. Uh, I thought that was a good metaphor for the country, though. Yeah, it's a train wreck. That's what the, that's the Biden administration. That's the that's what the country's becoming. Uh, the um, he, he yeah, gave Tom, a, a Biden. Oh, Biden was typically not even present, uh, so that yeah, he, fits he, your he, analogy as well. <laughs> yeah, he 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 flew to Ukraine <laughs> to promise five hundred five hundred million more dollars to to Zelensky's regime, while, while the poor folks of, of you know, East Palestine weren't weren't getting anything. <laughs> and then the Donald <laughs> so, was passing out Donald water to just keep y'all yeah, alive, yeah. you know. <laughs> Well, um, let me tell you, he, I, th I think that was a, a very astute political move by Trump, and it also shows the uh, just utter contempt that the Democrats would hold a, a, an area like Palestine, Ohio, in that voted for Trump in the past two elections. They don't give uh, two hoots in hell what happens to them, I think is the, the message I drew from it. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't see any transgendered people in East Palestine, so <laughs> no. Uh, so it's yeah, it's the Rust Belt. It's one of these areas that have been neglected, sold out, kind of part of a victim of the de-industrialization, uh, the hollowing out of the country that's been going on for the past you know uh, 35, 40 years. 
Have um, you ever seen the movie uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy where the Coke bottle comes out of the airplane and they, they trip out on this Coke bottle? Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw it a long time ago. All right. So my last name is Bushman, just so you know, and I kind of thought if they're going to have Trump water, maybe I had to do the Bushman bottle, and I could pass out my own water, and it would be kind of like the gods must be crazy. That's what our country seems to have turned into. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it is. I think it's sort of a, a, an organized insanity. There's a method to the madness here. It's sort of a, it's a, it's a demolition of the country, and you know, at least at the national level, the Biden administration is, is sort of a – has been installed to accelerate things uh, and sort of create one crisis after another. Obviously, they, you know, they, they, although that's been going on for a long time in Ukraine, at least uh, back in 2014, they literally uh, you know, brought about a, a crisis. And now I've, I've got a pet theory, uh, Tim, about what happened, why all of a sudden they have the left has put the pedal to the metal. Mm-hmm. I think that they were absolutely alarmed and shocked. Shock and awe, I guess, when Trump not only got the nomination for the Republican candidate for president, but won. And they mm-hmm. said, well, no more Mr. Nice Guy, no more uh, incremental change. If we get power again, we're going full board. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And I think that's what they've been doing ever since. Yeah, and that's been exposed just uh, with uh, you know, with Russiagate and the collusion of the FBI with, with the Clinton campaign back in 2016. In collusion with that guy, the British intelligence officer, they they sort of they uh, they commissioned that intelligence report, which justified the uh, the, uh, the FISA warrant, which is illegal. Of course, that you know the FBI, but like Strzok and uh, was it Lisa Page and name, I'm forgetting some of the names, but they're all this is this is not the FBI of Jack Webb and Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. anymore. That's for sure. No, that's <laughs> and it's increasingly woke. I just saw a report today about misconduct of the FBI. Had none of it's being punished. This is like drunkenness, assault, sexual assault, agents, mis- you know, losing weapons, and there's there's no longer any accountability. And it's gone fully woke and perverse because like just recently, you know, they you had the FBI had that memo, uh, the Richmond memo regarding the uh, uh, so-called um, uh, traditional Catholics, as if you know, and those who like to go to the Latin Mass as smoking. Uh, 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 a source of, 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 I guess, suspected extremism. <laughs> yeah, and if anything, the people in the Latin mass uh, aren't extreme enough, really. They're just very, um, they're kind of neocony for the most part. Uh, but it's ridiculous. But one thing that caught the expert's attention was their opposition to LG, LGBTQ, <laughs> as if that's a, a, a reason for federal investigations. If you don't go on to global homo, promote the homosexual. Wacker agenda, you're somehow un-American or something. Hang on, gentlemen. Yeah, you, Tim you Kelly with us. Stuff up. We're talking about his incredible podcast, Our Interesting Times. Check it out on Potomatic. We'll continue with Keith Alexander in seconds on the political cesspool nationally syndicated radio program. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. 
While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman filling in for James Edwards. Keith Alexander riding shotgun on the broadcast today. Tim Kelly with us as well, talking about his fascinating podcast called Our Interesting Times. Boy, howdy, do we have interesting times. That's for sure. If you want to check that out. The Chinese curse, uh, may you live in interesting times. Is that where you got that name, Tim? Yeah, yeah, that's that's All right, look it up on Podomatic, ladies and gentlemen. You can check it out. And if you check out specifically episode 343, you can hear Tim and Keith discuss Southern nationalism, the war of Northern aggression, and America's race relations. And speaking of that, (laughs) Mr. Adams, I guess, uh, is uh, no longer welcome, huh, Tim? Yeah, he uh, had an interesting uh, rant on, let's we'll call it rant with beer because he was kind of calm uh, uh, about it. Uh, Sounded under control to me. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, of course, he's a famous cartoonist, Dilbert cartoonist. So he's uh, he socked away a, a rather large fortune, I think, like in north of $50 million or something. Good on him. Uh, but he, he now does podcasting, and he had this, I guess is a Twitter thing. And he, um, in a response to a Rasmussen poll showing that 49% of uh, American blacks do not think that it's okay to be white <laughs> or it's okay to whites to exist. And so he declared on his podcast that there's no reason to attempt to even help blacks or associate with blacks anymore and urging all, all, all white Americans just to uh, establish a distance, move away, don't deal with them. It's sort of just throwing up his hands and saying, says that I'm tired of it. And he's, he's kind of a normie right-wing guy, so it's interesting you know, this is the great notice thing. Uh, uh, and this is this is the, this is the result of all the agitation that's gone on in the past few years, but really for several decades. Is the, of course, the racial narrative is white guilt and black victimology and black nobility. And, of course, that, that is somewhat uh, uh, contrary to reality, of course. And the situation, the history is far more complex than that, really. So are race relations. And, and it's, this is just a product of the narrative we've been given. Uh, from yeah, I have the feeling, and, and, Timothy, that his, uh, he's kind of like a person, a white person from outside the South in America, like Minnesota or Nebraska yes. back in mm-hmm. the 1950s. 
He said, gee whiz, if we just get rid of all of these uh, oppressive segregation laws and uh, give, you know, equal opportunity, you know, based on meritocracy, that these people may rise up. People in the South knew that was a bunch of rubbish. It wasn't going to happen that way, but nobody would listen. And now we've got, you know, we've created a, uh, you know, a situation where, as they say, the more you stir it, the more it stinks. Do you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah. He's just now, acknowledging it. Yeah, and there's no way, I mean, it, what we've seen also uh, with with the equity agenda, meaning they can't just call for equality because uh, equality doesn't really exist. It, it so yeah, if you have meritocracy or something like that, white people will still be up on top, so they had to go affirmative action, for example. Yeah. All right, so and let's also, help people understand a little bit of the story before we go on, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Adams, creator of the Gilbert comic strips, went on a rant, uh, and they freaked out. Hundreds of papers, newspapers now have dropped the Gilbert comic strip over it. Now, they're calling it a racist rant and saying he went psychotic and everything else. Uh, but my, yeah, I said Gilbert. The no, Gilbert problem, though, what it is. Yeah, the the problem is, doesn't he have a right to his own thoughts and his own uh, mind and his own free speech and everything else? Tim, come on now. Yeah, but well, well, he probably would say, I thought I was living in America where we had the First Amendment. So. Good point, Tim. Yeah, well, that doesn't exist with the ADL, so controlling the FBI. And... Yeah, but let, let's talk about it. What did he say, though? Well, he's responding to all the anti-white agitation. That's the thing. Right. How can, where have you been? Thing, if you're shocked at his remarks, where have you been the past three years? You know, yeah, but let's talk really about his remarks, though. What were they? He just said, with what well, he said that black, given the polls, almost half blacks belong to a hate group because they don't think it's okay to whites to exist. It should be All white. Right, so let me stop, though. And what's wrong yeah. with stating a fact like that? Well, that's the problem. They don't want because to white people are just supposed to sit back and take it. We're supposed to yeah. slump our heads and have you, take Have uh, they lost their cotton picking minds? We're not doing that. Our posture it should be one of uh, guilt and taking the knee and begging for Never. forgiveness. It's, yeah, that's the position of the regime. That's that's that's. If I'm gonna stand that, up and defend right. Adams. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. But he he's just saying get a, if you if, if we're that awful, if ethnic whites are that awful, and white people are very diverse, to call them white is sort of a, it's a crude oversimplification. But I'm saying if we're that awful, then why do you want to live with, live with us? Civil rights demands two things. One is white guilt and proximity to whites. And that's been demand all the time. Yeah, but all that's the just problems. critical race theory light, though. We got to jettison that notion yesterday. Well, see, Jesse yeah. Jackson said this back 20, 30 years ago. He said, wherever you move to, we'll find you. So, they, you know, <laughs> they may hate us, but they should, <laughs> it's a strange a uh, love-hate relationship going on there, apparently, in their minds. Yes, yes, yeah. And that's what it is. And they don't. And the thing is, it's a grift. It's been a grift for a long time. I don't know who said it. There's every every movement starts out as you know as as a, as a cause, becomes a business, and, and then a grift or something, something of that effect. That's yeah, right. Uh, Being for the longest time. And I think Eric no Hoffman said that. Yeah. yeah, there's no payday in being introspective and dealing with your own problems. There is a payday. And it, will never, and it will never end. The grift will never end. It's like no. the Arabs say, don't let the camel's nose in the tent, because if you let so much as a camel's nose in the tent, the next thing you know, the camel will move into your tent and you'll be moved out of it. Doesn't mm-hmm. Like the thing about reparations, if, you let, if, if that happens, they'll never 
be enough. You know, you, we could run the printing presses uh, till they glow red, you know, day and night, printing money for them. It would mm-hmm. never be enough. And so why even think about going down that uh, field? You, you see what's happening in Jackson, Mississippi now? This may be what we have to do. They basically have said to the city of Jackson, which is uh, like 80% black population run by a black nationalist named Lumumba, uh, he's the mayor, they basically decided that you have proven that you're incapable of running a city. So our state capital is here. We're going to carve out the area that's the state capital, and we're mm-hmm. going to run it. We're going to have our own police. We're going to have our own utilities and stuff like this, and we're not going to come bail you out. You know, you have a tax base. You're supposed to run that. The problem in a place like Jackson is that Lumumba has hired all his cronies as, you know, government employees and that's where all the money is so there's no money to repair the uh, streets or to repair the uh, water treatment plant it sounds Mm -hmm. like a good idea for the entire nation on these areas like this because they expect us to just come and bail them out time and time again yeah and because it's all racism their problems it's racism it's that's the the fallback position that's the narrative that's the racial narrative we've been given so the point scott was making though is it's okay to be white right and and that's what he's getting attacked for it's okay to be white it's okay to realize that there are haters everywhere and you know what it's okay for me to be white it's okay for me to advocate for being white i'm white and so that's what i'm going to do and that's really Mm -hmm. what he's guilty of right tim yes and they don't want they don't want that reaction because they don't want that consciousness there. And what's happened is the past few years, but really it's a culmination of several decades. People are kind of fed up, and they're just saying the quiet part out loud now. And this is predictable given uh, what the regime tried to pull off since 2020 with the George Floyd nonsense insanity. That that uh, the you're going to have sort of an ethnogenesis where you have sort of a development of well, the already has, and there was a white American identity, the idea of what American was. He spoke English. He was broadly Christian and these things. It might be a cowboy. It might be a Yankee, a Connecticut Yankee. It might be a farmer from the Midwest and these things. Well, they flooded the country intentionally since 1965, but it really picked up since the 1990s to change the demographics of the country. And what they're finding out is that the idea that America being a creed nation, being a proposition nation, the only problem is only <laughs> – only ethnic whites support those propositions. So it turns out that even the proposition nation has an ethnic basis to it. And these universal principles, you know, yeah, they're nice in, you know, to think that, that you can apply them to everybody, but you can't flood the country, intentionally flood the country to... Uh, well, that, to yeah, the whole proposition nation was basically a, a Jewish invention. Uh, there's no such thing as a proposition nation anywhere. All nations worthy of the name are blood and soil nations, including the United States of America. Yeah, no one and they dies bleeds and dies dies for an idea. You know, it's it's a country, it's a place, you know, these things. You know. Uh, but they what they what they they've made America transient, atomized, and that's the the core population, the white population. And you can't make war on this core population and expect the system to function. That's why you think so much incompetence. Derail man. Things used to work problems. back in the days before uh, World War Two because communication systems weren't at the level they are now. And basically, mm-hmm. one part of the country did their thing, other parts of the country did their thing, and basically mm-hmm. nobody got real exercise about trying to impose their will on faraway people. 
who uh, didn't share all of their values or outlook. Mm-hmm. And now... All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. Tim Kelly with us. His incredible podcast, Our Interesting Times, available on Potomatic. Back in seconds with Keith Alexander and Tim Kelly. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Dave Collins. The U.S. has a gift for Russia to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine invasion. More sanctions. The Biden administration imposing the new sanctions on Russia, which include U.S. financial and travel sanctions against 200 Russian individuals who support the invasion. While announcing the new sanctions, the White House also unveiled a new $2 billion economic package for Ukraine, which is coming from the Group of Seven Nations. I'm John Schaefer. The Norfolk Southern Railroad is getting hit with lawsuits following the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. An Ohio-based law firm says it's filed a class-action lawsuit against the railroad on behalf of everyone living within 30 miles of the derailment. Along with punitive damages, the suit is pushing for the creation of a fund for medical monitoring, new testing, and cleaning procedures. The train that derailed earlier this month exposed the community to highly toxic chemicals. The Washington, D.C. rally at the Lincoln Memorial marked the one-year anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine. That was this afternoon. A Ukrainian refugee was there wanting to show support. Our hearts with Ukraine, and we want to support and wanted to show that we love Ukraine and we want our country to be free. Universal Studios' Cocaine Bear is drawing in crowds at the weekend box office. The gory comedy flick about a rampaging bear on drugs drew in nearly $9 million on its opening Friday. That's a better opening than expected. Could set the film up for a $20 million opening weekend. Meanwhile, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is looking at a huge week-to-week drop-off of roughly 72%. It's looking to bring in another $30 million this weekend. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the employee retention credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, we thought we'd play that for James Edwards in a world full of hate. There you go with Donna Summer. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. All kind of things going on. I've got an incredible guest coming up on Liberty Roundtable Live. This is kind of a shameless plug, if you will. Rachel Alexander, incredible, hard-hitting. She's got guts journalist. Um, will be with me on Monday, Liberty Roundtable Live. Check it out. But here's the deal. Arizona had an incredible elections, I don't know what you call it, bonanza hearing, so to speak. It was literally over five hours long. Well, anyway, this one lady testified about the drug cartels in bed with the election uh, shenanigans uh, and more, literally pointing out fraud everywhere. And Rachel Alexander nails it in her article, provides the best summary that I've found anywhere. Here's what it says. Explosive testimony as Senate elections and House Municipal Oversight and Election Joint Meeting accuses Hobbs, Fontes, Runbeck, that's a corporation, and judges of racketeering and getting in bed with drug cartels. Anyway, it'll be an incredible interview coming up on my show, Liberty Roundtable Live, Monday. Check it out. Well, you know what? Biden's executive order on advancing racial equity is one of the key topics Tim loves to discuss. Who's with us? Uh, We're talking to Tim Kelly about his incredible podcast available at Podomatic. Just look up Tim Kelly and look up our Interesting Times podcast to learn more about that. Uh, But, Tim, this equity thing is huge because it used to be uh, we just need equality. But now they've learned to jettison that for this equity term, right? That doesn't get them where they want to go. Yeah, uh, because that because you can't uh, uh, control results because people aren't. Well, as Grandma used to say, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, right? Yeah. So they butt on this equity stuff, which is equal quality of outcome. It's really not equality of outcome. It's just basically redistribution. There's also destruction of all standards, and basically it's going to result in you know lights going out, power grid failing, and water and water tap. Tap stop running, like in Jackson, Mississippi, if you take this to its final. Yeah, and let me, let me bring up this comparison so people kind of understand. They first talked about equality because that's what most people wanted to hear. Oh, we, well, we love equality. That's a good idea. And they tell you what you want to hear when they're not in the driver's seat. Later, they say, and this is what Keith Alexander always highlights, later they say, shut up now, we're in charge. We're not going to tell you what you, want to, what you want to hear. We're going to tell you how it is. So it started out equality, uh, but that was just their way now to equity, Keith. But that makes your point very well. Yeah, that, that was their camel's nose in the tent. And now they're in the tent, and they're calling all the shots. And equality just doesn't do it. Basically, they want equality of result, not equality of opportunity. And people's... White people across the nation said, that's not what we signed up for. That's not what the Civil Rights Act of 64 says. And they say, shut up, honky. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, it's the uh, – uh, basically, the order is supposed to level the racial playing field by addressing systemic racism in our nation's policies and programs. Uh, of course, it does nothing like that. In truth, it just well, – basically, it's a massive restructuring of the federal government in a way that uh, changes – the manner in which these agencies operate. It, it powers commissars, basically political commissars. Yeah, if you're, you're white in America, you basically have a government that hates your guts. Now, that, that's about the bottom line, don't you think, Tim? Yeah, and basically this is the most – particularly the white male straight you know, cohort, which are recently – It's what, what Paul Craig Roberts <laughs> called whams, white heterosexual able-bodied males. Yeah, and these are the most productive, most responsible. These are the kind of – 
the boomers that created sort of the post-war prosperity. They expect results, you know, and they've admitted as much as like at the African American Museum in Washington D.C. They had a placard about white supremacy or attributes of whiteness, and one was punctuality, perfectionism, you know, precision, and these they're what we like, used to call middle class virtues. They aren't. Uh, you don't get a lot of credit for them, but society can't work, for example, if nobody is punctual, nobody is task oriented, no. sees a job to the end, for example. Yeah, bridges collapse, planes don't fly, water shops flowing, you know. And this is a hot, this is an industrial or you know, modern society re- requires all these things. And of course, a lot of these things are just like attributes or products of Western civilization, European civilization, science and art and these things. And the problem is they can't, not, they look at that as white supremacy. And I, in a way, it, it, it kind of is. How it's a, you know, white, it's kind of like racism, George. What do you mean by it? What do you mean by anti Semitism? What do you mean by white supremacy? You mean the rules? as they are, but you can't cope with these rules, so you destroy the rules and you destroy society. And we're seeing that- Well, I read the, something uh, just recently about that, Timothy. Timothy, I heard something recently about anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism mm-hmm. has morphed from being a person who doesn't like Jews to a person Jews don't like now. Yeah, that was Joe Sobrant's uh, quip. That was good. <laughs> and that's what it is, yeah. It, and not only that, it's pushing this racial stuff. It's also uh, shoving this uh, perverse uh, gender uh, 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 identity or whatever agenda down. Because that, that's all. That's that's one of the underserved communities, by the way. As if they're underserved. Talk about being overrepresented and overpowered. <laughs> some, yeah. by the way, some groups should be marginalized and, and and disempowered because they're perverse and destructive. And what would be these, these neurotic sick people who pretend that they're that's Not a conversation on race they don't want to have. They want to have a conversation where they do all the talking and we do all the listening. Yeah, like Scott Adams had a, a frank and honest discussion. <laughs> and what right. they really want to do, gentlemen, is they want to use the force. So that's why it's an executive order here. It's not a congressional, it's not a balance of power, separation of powers, you know, mm-hmm. we the American people representative discussion. They want to advance this racial agenda and support for their agenda by government force of federal government edict. They want to use the criminal FBI. They want to use everything they possibly can to marginalize and make everyone a felon, except for those who go along with their agenda, Tim. Yeah, and they're using the force of law to promote you know, the queer, intersex, transgender agenda, which is perverse and immoral and destructive. And they're saying if, you're, if, you're, if you're, you oppose that agenda, uh, you – are immoral. This this sort of satanic uh, transvaluation and version of values here we're saying. This is where liberalism leads, though. See, and that's what I was saying. You know, there's so many white people in America that say, well, you know, I was all right with the first level of feminism, but third level, I I can't go that far. I I was Mm -hmm. all right with the civil rights movement, but but now affirmative action, this is... See, you can't have it both ways. You can't let that camel's nose in the tent. Because when you do, it's inevitable they're going to change it until they – see, the, blacks are not big abstract thinkers. They think in terms of results. They said, if I've got these rights, if I've got a right to vote, then how come I'm not winning an election? So they say, y'all, we're, we're going to open up election. We're going to have uh, a month plus of early voting mm-hmm. plus, uh, you know, having absentee ballots without any reason and things like this. They are not impressed with rights. They are impressed with results. And that's what they will always go for. 
you know, if, if, uh, you know, uh, they see all these ads on TV with interracial couples, black men with white women, and then in real life, it doesn't seem to happen that way. So white women are getting beaten up and killed. We've got to understand what we're dealing with. This is not going to end well until common sense gets a seat at the table again. Yeah. And, and you know the existence of a of a Clarence Thomas or a Thomas Sowell doesn't do away with the with the crime statistics and the black and white crime rate. It doesn't deal with the issue. We're not saying everyone is like it. We're just saying, but there's a reality here. There's a problem that those exceptions, you know, ex- exceptions prove the rules. They say, and that doesn't solve the, the racial problem or the crime problem or the or the. See, the people problem. should look to the South about that because, quite frankly, black and white Southerners always got, get along and got along famously, except when you had third-party agent provocateurs from outside the area trying to stir up trouble between the races. In the first Reconstruction, it was Yankee abolitionists. In the second Reconstruction, which is what we call the Civil Rights Movement, it was Jewish freedom riders. And mm-hmm. that's the cause of the problems. Well, I mean, all I know is I, I saw The Killer Mockingbird, and I saw, I, I saw Heat of the Night, and that's my understanding of the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. There, there you, know, you go. That, half of the facts. And, and yeah, and one thing people are finding out with, of course, the, uh, the, the crime wave and the problem of black crime is uh, that perhaps some of those restrictions that we saw in the South with the segregation, those societal social separation, segregation that was imposed, there was a reason for it. Um, this isn't to say that that everything that should have stayed the same, but I'm saying is you have to put things in their context. You can't wage a war the way that Lincoln raised war in the South and destroyed all rule of law and government and subjected to the military occupation. And along with that was a whole lot of lawlessness that the Southerners were experiencing. So these, these laws were, were put in place after Reconstruction ended to maintain some semblance of law and order there was a huge crime problem. And, and you, without that context, you don't understand it. But instead, too, you've got to look at the, the narrative that we see with the Kilimanjaro. And again, there's a, there's a context to these things. And perhaps. Hang tight, ladies know. and gentlemen. Tim Kelly and Keith Alexander on the Political Cesspool Live. Hello, TPC family. It's James. And I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. 
Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Final segment. Man, it time flies when you're having fun, huh? Sam Bushman. Okay, let me have good guests like Tim. Roger that. James Edwards on uh, a little trip with his family. Meanwhile, Keith Alexander and I, Sam Bushman, have Tim Kelly on with us. And he's got a podcast called Our Interesting Times Podcast. Check it out on Potomatic and many other places. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it turns out that um, McCarthy promised he'd release the J6 footage. And he made the promise, I think, because he was about to lose the speakership, and uh, he made some concessions. One of them he seriously regrets. He didn't explain how he would release that information. So everybody thought it was going to be, you know, truly release it. Well, no, no, no. That's not what deep state thugs do. So Kevin McCarthy basically decided that his bed buddy, Tucker Carlson, uh, he's going to release it to Fox News and Tucker Carlson as if we can trust those clowns. Uh, and so now Tucker Carlson's combing through everything, and he promises a, a clear report next week. What it reminds me of, Keith Alexander, is back in the early days when you couldn't mass print the Bible, the kings and the thugs and the scri- scribes and the scholars and the Sadducees and the Pharisees were like, hey, let me read the Bible to you, Keith, and tell you what it says, okay? Yeah. Uh, and they made control of the people that way, and this is what's happening with Kevin and Clown uh, Carlson. Carlson should have got the video and said, hey, Kevin, you gave it to me to do what I want with. I'm going to release it to everybody. Why can't Sam and Tim and Keith and everybody and their dog go through these 41,000 hours of footage? Why leave it up to Tucker to read me the Bible, Keith? Well, because they know that Mike Lindell, for example, is, if anything, if uh, he might, uh, you know, not get the right answer every time, but he's a bundle of energy, and he really he's like a bulldog with a bloody bone. He will get into something and won't let it go until he uh, basically makes sense of it to himself. And in other words, he's what we would classically call a free thinker. And that is the last type of person that the regime, the, the deep state, the cathedral, whatever you want to call it, wants to have reporting to the people at large in America because uh you know, that's, uh, you know, the buggy will get out of control in a hurry that way. So I think, quite frankly, I, I don't, I'm not an anti-Tucker Carlson person. I don't think that he is, uh, I think he's doing what he can within the framework of, you know, he's he's walking a tightrope over there at Fox News. But on the other hand, Mike Lindell has his own network, his own resources, and he doesn't give a damn, okay? He's going to do... He, he, He's going to call a spade a dirty shovel, as my wife's grandfather used to say. And uh, you know, if you don't like, if you, you better better get a good appetite uh, for a heaping helping of his uh, outlook because he's going to give it to you. 
They don't want people like that getting their mitts on classified information because they, they can't control it. It's a, you know they can control Tucker, I imagine they think through Murdoch, but there's nobody controlling Mike Lindell. And Tucker might get out a little bit of information, but they'll always get out just enough, Tim, to make everybody angry and wring their hands and, oh, my heavens, what are we going to do? And uh, But not enough to, like, put people in prison. See, that's where I'd go with this thing, Tim. Yeah, and just releasing just to Tucker makes, of course, make it a partisan uh, move, rather uh, just releasing to all the media, then let, let the chips fall where they may, on the Internet, just, like, post it on YouTube or something, let everyone look at it. Uh, and everyone can, can you know examine it and come to their own conclusion. That's the best way to do with it. Full disclosure. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Glenn, Gleek, uh, Glenn Greenwald about ten years ago with Eric Snowden. I think when he was with the Intercept, they were slowly yeah, releasing. Great point. What, whatever's happened to Eric, Edward Snowden, by the way, you never hear his name anymore. No, he's, he's still hanging out. I guess cooling his heels in Russia. I guess. <laughs> he's hiding out. Yeah, um, but that was kind of like this control. They could control it, and, and I think you know, the regime gives us these figures, perhaps. Uh, yeah, you can tell some truth, just not the whole truth there, Tim. Yeah, yeah, and so you can get these guys like uh, Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald or uh, Tucker Carlson who are going to provide some good information, but they never can go, can go quite so far. It's like he thought he, when Tucker Carlson a few months ago when he talked about – CIA being involved in the JFK assassination, that he was it was like he was breaking news or something. <laughs> You're about you know 35, 40 years too late on that one. I mean, it, but nevertheless, it, it, it was it was interesting when he talked about it because it, it revealed a lot. So it's kind of like now it's just normalized. But yeah, it's it kind of like why would you have this sort of uh, 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 tapered leak of this information or controlled leak when everyone has a right to see the information given. Well, it's because they, 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 they just don't they don't abide by the spirit of the First Amendment. It's freedom of press. It's not that we're going to have an official spokesman on the right to counter the official mm-hmm. spokesperson on the left. And we don't mm-hmm. need to accept that type of limitation on it. You know, this, if this information has been released to the public, then the public needs to get it. Well, and here's the question. Everybody. Whose information is it? Whose recordings are they? Are they Tucker's? Mm-hmm. Are they Kevin's? No, they're we the people, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why Keith's wise point about the freedom of the press is the key here, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like almost like uh, when, they, when they have debates. Everyone can suppose there's a congressional record, so we all know what was said. It's in the record, and it's the same thing. You know, We should also the, the same thing with the security video. It's not a secure site. It's a public building, so they can't even claim that. The fact that it took this long is a scandal. After they've, you know, year and a half of these false hearings, and they've they've put, uh, I think, over 100 people without trial in uh, in prison, uh, giving them, you know, harsh sentences for. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Bidens and, and uh, the Biden crime family? Is this going to be one of those situations as they used to say, when all is said and done, there will be said and done, or is, do you think anything like a prosecution? Like they've with got, Biden, you know, dialed no, up for this, Donald Trump will come about against the Biden. Uh, no, because uh, uh, Biden is so involved, entangled with the regime and Ukraine. I think a lot of what's going on in Ukraine right now, he, he might be being blackmailed by Zelensky because of his son, his family's ties to Ukraine, Burisma, and the regime there. And of course, the, the fact that the U.S. government installed 
the current regime back in 2014, despite the fact that we claim to respect democracy and sovereignty, there was a coup there. And, um, and so there's so, so much, so many members of the political class are hip deep in, in, uh, in embezzlement with Ukraine. That's why they can't keep track of the money. And of course, we got a kind of a, a taste or a hint of that with FTX. We found out that millions had been wired back into the Democratic Party. I suspect even the Republican Party. Uh, sort of a, a I wonder how much that. of that hundred billion is going to wind up in the pockets of people in our government. Yeah, well, he, Biden gets ten percent, right? From what I understand, so. the big guy. Yeah, because that's for the big guy the big there, guy. Tim. The big guy. The big guy gets ten percent. Yes, um, but he he showed up in Ukraine. Uh, 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 he kept cool despite an air raid, right? And you saw the, you heard the air raid go off, right? Yeah. <laughs> the warning, the air raid. And the, the one air raid they've had over there in three months or something, they uh, make it sound <laughs> like, it, you know, he's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the problem is the big guy doesn't know where he is, Keith. Yeah. And the big guy's an automaton. Basically, if they asked him to yeah. jump off of the bridge, the Crimean bridge, his only excuse would be, only answer would be which side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you have Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary. She, you know, she doesn't come across as being too competent either, but she she said you know another ten billion just to you know. Well, she she fouled up uh, her her job as head of the Federal Reserve, so now she's going uh, uh, to more directly affect our uh, of national finances as Treasury Secretary. Hey, yeah, man, I'm going to ask you both: Who do you think will be president in 2024? Tim. <laughs> Any guesses? Uh, in 2024, um, I, I at this point I I can't go by who's popular in the polls because the elections at least at that level are so rigged now. I have no confidence in them. So whoever whoever, whoever just controls the rigging process besides the president at this point. You know, I feel as I'm talking about this, like I'm in ancient Rome. City. Who's going to be the uh, next emperor, Caligula or Nero? You know. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. But I, but yeah, you I do got to wonder though, what's going to happen though in twenty twenty four? I think you might have though. a civil war. Might have a civil war among the oligarchs. You know, that's what Rome yeah. was for the past couple hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I here's what I find fascinating though. You take Marco Rubio, uh, you take Ted Cruz, you take Nikki Haley, you, you take Barack Hussein Obama. You take some of these people, and not only are they unknowns until the mainstream wants to make them household names, but they all are like, I don't know if you want to call them first-generation Americans or whatever, but they're all basically modern-day immigrants, if you will, or next generation from. And now they're mm-hmm. all, they, they come, you know, the poor huddled masses, and then all of a sudden they're at the top of the ticket, and now they control you and me. I find that very startling and strange. Keith? Yes, yes. I, and I don't think it would be tolerated in uh, 99% of the countries in the uh, world, a situation like that where total stranger immigrants come in with positions of uh, elected positions of authority and power. Yeah. Of course, the real power think- is in the bureaucracy now, not not even the elected people. True, yeah, we're Tim. thinking with Trump, when Trump was president, his FBI was conspiring against him. The DOJ was conspiring against him. The attorney general was conspiring against him. He, 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 had, he was a general without any soldiers. That's the yeah. president now. Yeah, he was well, a when general. When Obama got in, that's where like people him. like Milley and whatnot uh, got in, and Lloyd Austin. Mm-hmm. He was a general of enemy soldiers, more like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's America, America has an oligarch problem. 
you know, have to address that. The world has an oligarch problem at this point because now it's transnational. These governments, and we get a hint of that with like Clash Schwab bragging about installing people in various governments and cabinets and this whole program is designed. These people are vetted and kind of groomed for years to become these uh, these these puppet leaders. And Chris Biden is so obvious at this point because he's non corpus mentis. At this point, he's just senile and just you know, mumbling and doing <laughs> <laughs> one of Klaus Schwab's uh, operatives is what a woman named Jornica or something or other was making a speech and she said, and when you have, uh, uh, you know, speech, hate speech codes in America, and yes, mm-hmm. America, you will have them with a yeah. nod to wink. Yep. Thanks, both of you, gentlemen. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. James Thanks for coming week, on, ladies Jim. and gentlemen. You all have a good, good night then. Bye-bye. ThePoliticalCesspool.org. James will be back next week. Thanks so much for letting me sit in. Thank you, Keith, for all your work, sir. And my last comment is, God save the republic. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.